Welcome to the Ether. Today is Wednesday, January 12th, 2022. This is part two of a two-part CFI space, Anchor Borrow Strategies for Luna Acquisition. Let's take a listen. You were so, talking about like using it to Yeah, so Delta I'm using, I want to use it to get more Luna X. I want to take the original Dr. Clean video where he talks about shorting silver to get more Luna. And all you have to do is just replace the Luna on his video with Luna X, which is coming. So okay. essentially, my Luna X is auto compounding for me. There's no love loss there. I'm getting my auto compounding yields, and I can just park the ledger token of Luna X. And what I what I don't know for sure, but I, I suspect, is that I can't really go long anything. I have to go short to get the third bite of the apple. And so how that works is I I post Luna X's collateral. I borrow an asset. It's an asset that I feel comfortable shorting because as soon as I borrow the asset, I freaking sell it right away. I sell right. it for USD or I sell it or I swap it for Luna X, in which case it'll just be like a, a root, you know, on the Terra swap to get more Luna X. And I just rinse and repeat that as many times as I'm comfortable with to get to an LTV that I'm comfortable with. I would probably over collateralize it because I'm dealing with two volatile assets. But essentially, I want to. I need to do something that I think is going to stay stable. Like there's a J and J on there now. Uh, there's S and P or something I think is going to go down. And so uh, I'm going to propose on mirror. I'm going to find some other like short gold. I think GLL is a short gold fund, which I think I'm long-term, I'm long-term bullish on not financial advice. But if I can short that, the short, the short gold, essentially I'm long. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, and so then there's I not only picked up more Luna or Luna X by looping this, but there's also a windfall if gold spikes at some point. Am I, am I thinking of it correctly? That's I just want to run it by you and, and anybody else who has an opinion on it. <laughs> um, I haven't analyzed it close enough to be. Totally sure. Yeah. How to optimize that system. OK, I have to, I have to play it and try to try it. I'll send you I the think, Dr. Clean video because it's the the original one from early December. It's it's pretty interesting, uh, and I think there's something. I think there's a whole new avenue of degening. And he says in the video the reason he liked it is because, you know, even though there's a subsidy on Anchor, he wasn't really comfortable with a double digit loan. And when you borrow assets on Mirror to short them, essentially it's like a loan for perpetuity. And at some point you're going to pay a 1.5 percent mint fee which is pretty cool. And if I can just like, it's just that one mint fee then. Yeah. And if it goes against you, like if Luna X falls in price or the thing you shorted goes up in price, you're going to have to throw more Luna X at it. So you don't get liquidated, but as long as it's staking, like who cares? Got it. Yeah. So anyway, what he's talking about is the, the use of Luna X that was announced as a collateral asset, just like a UST on um mirror protocol and there's some like tactics you can use to sort of like short something which gets you ust and because you sell it and then you sort of like borrow against it and and then buy some more than x and then do the same thing again uh, so there's a looping strategy available there potentially for you guys to sort of look into but yeah it's yeah. a thing quick quick question on luna x because i know you you you've done it and so i i asked you publicly and a lot of people answered so i think i get it if i just swap luna for luna x or be luna for luna x it's essentially somebody gave up their 
staking whatever share of the staking pool they have in, in Luna, and now it's mine. So when I hold Luna X, I have a cut of the total staking pool in there. But what I'm wondering, I'm looking at the swaps, and as it should be, you know, like one Luna only gets me 0.99 something of a Luna X, as it should be, because it's growing and auto compounding. When I, if I go to stake it directly, and like, because right now I have some Luna and I, I'm there and it doesn't tell me what the ratio. Do I get one for one Luna X if I go directly to this? No, it's a slight, there's a slight differential there too. Um, How do you see it? And the I'm, way uh, you have to go to their site and there's a button there when you hit stake, it shows you it like there's a little arrow with Luna to Luna X and it shows you the difference. I wonder if it went um, away because I'm like, I'm, like, I'm at the point where it's like I have to say yay or nay and I haven't. Seen I don't know. It. It's in the simple staking section, not in the Luna X section, by the way. If you have Luna X, it's different. You can only swap it on TerraSwap and you can't mint one fresh, I don't believe. Uh, no, and then what you do you, is it's you in your wallet. It's making it's snapshotting your wallet to figure out your yield. Okay. It's, it's on the pool page, Hutch. Yeah, so I'm there. So I pick a pool like I'm going to pick community pool. OK, so I'm here. No, I'll go to go to um, liquid staking pools. Oh, but I don't want to liquid stake it. Oh, but that oh, you, th that's how you, that's how you get Luna X. Liquid staking Luna X is liquid staking. The, when you put into the staking pools, you don't get Luna X. Oh, you don't. No, I which I thought I, I originally thought you would, and that's why I originally put in there. But no, I have a you know a thousand Luna in there, and I can't. It's I you would have to just twenty four day unstake it. There's it's not Luna X. Oh, that makes sense. And that's where I saw it before because I do have some of the pool. Okay. The pool yeah. is earning stater tokens right now. That's a different thing. Right. But I can just stake it there and then not provide it in the pool. And then it essentially, it is almost like I'm staking like you did Crypto Money Life and stater. I just didn't go that route and I'm paying a little bit more commission or whatever it is. Is that right? right. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you a question as long as you're on here. That covered call thing, um, is it live for Luna now, or is it just a Solana? Wow, uh, it's it's on Solana, but you, they, there's calls covered calls for Luna. Okay, what's the premium about? So, like, I wouldn't want to do it now, but like, you know. so yeah, no, it's where I'm actually I'm I'm uh, doing a chart that's like tracking where lick price would be, and um, you know, the, uh, taking a loss and stuff. But no, it's been it's been good. I mean, it's been they're weekly calls and it's been about two percent maybe a little less per week but you don't get to choose your strike so like i wouldn't want to do it like if we hit a new fib that's where i'd want to do like 130 or whatever that next fib is like if we did that i would want to do you don't get to choose that right or if if i'm entering the pool then am i essentially picking that as my my strike price if you will do you know y yeah you you can't pick the strike in the, in those vaults it's you know they're managed vaults so they're I'm not quite sure if they're going like one and a half or two standard deviations out or something, but they're picking the strike for you. But there is a new um, options market opening up on Monday. So hopefully they'll open a uh, Luna market. The, the thing is right now, you know, all the options markets where you could select your own strike, there is no Luna. Um, Just a lot of yeah, Solana, they, they Solana, ETH, Bitcoin go, markets. But before we go too deep on the deep end with these different things, let me try to get back on the subject okay. for a bit because some of these guys are waiting for with questions. But Rock Thanks, Hard, you, yeah, no problem. Rock Hard, did you have a question? Sorry for the wait. Yeah, yeah, no worries. Appreciate appreciate you having me on. Um, for those who don't know, I'm a crypto influencer uh, focused in the Luna ecosystem, and I've been having trouble explaining to my followers the beauty of UST, and and was hoping that some of you could help me. 
um, you know, articulate it better because I'm sure you all get it. But the point is that UST is is unique as a stablecoin because it's just equal to one. It has nothing to do with the U.S. dollar. It just equals one. And whereas USDC equals one dollar, UST equals one. How do you explain this to your followers in a way that disconnects so, their mind from the U.S. Treasury? Yeah, the 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 simplest way to describe this is the UST does not have is not the important distinction is that it's not backed by dollars. So therefore there is nothing to back it. And therefore it tradition, it, it functions just like any other uh, commodity, uh, which is the CFTC. And if you're, you're talking about us uh, like regulatory uh, regimes, the SEC has nothing to do with um, UST. It has nothing to do. Right. But neither does the dollar. The value of the dollar has nothing to do with UST either. Because if you think about it, your parents probably bought a house in the 80s for like 200,000 and it's worth $500,000 today. Actually, no. UST UST is just one. No, no, no. That's not correct. UST is arbed to the value of the USD. It's not going to stay one. And then like, let's say, for example, you, I think you're trying to imply that you have a, a stable coin that is essentially like internet native that is not going to like track the value of the dollar. So UST actually does peg to USD ultimately, but it's done so with a mix of algorithm and it's done so with a mix of arbitrage bots. So it's not like what you're thinking, which is like just a, a, a an asset that always stays one forever and therefore theoretically, the USD would be falling in value versus it, right? Um, that is an idea, like an internet native stablecoin that does not, that that is truly, that does not track the US dollar is something that can be done on Terra. Um, like, for example, like have, it has to like just arbit arb to some um, like fixed Oracle price, like let's say, for example, the, like the, the global temperature or something, something that relatively uh, theoretically uh, uh, constant on a moment to moment basis. So you could do things like that to any Oracle, which is like fixed forever. And that would be like a new native stable internet currency. UST does does actually follow the price of the US dollar. And the but it, the way that it does it is what makes it immune to like something like the SEC, which basically looks at USDT and USDC technically as securities and the reason why they're securities is in particular tether their shit is not backed by actual dollars but by commercial paper so you're getting giving an you're handing out an iou saying that you own part of this supposed treasury it's no different than selling a stock that represents the value of like say for example an etf there is no difference so the sec you know has its opportunity to have a field day with the tether uh, organization in particular because it's not actually backed. It's truly a security. That's what USDT is. It is actually by every definition a security. UST, though, is not a security. It actually functions more like a commodity, just like Bitcoin, in the sense that it is not actually backed by anything. In fact, nobody promises it's backed by anything either. The algorithm sort of does its job and pegs it. And then also arbitragers across the globe who basically like feel like, okay, let's say the price of you drops to 0.99 relative to the dollar, they'll buy it and then later sell it when it's, you know, 1.01 relative to the dollar. So the the arbitragers create artificially the peg along with the algorithm that additionally creates the pegs. So you have a dual mechanism ultimately, and that's how this works. That's why it's out of the reach of the SEC and, and has no relationship to that at all.
I was um, curious if you think that in 2022 we'll see a pump in UST to 1.5 or even 2.0. I've been holding on for six months now, and it's stayed flat at one, and I'm, I'm waiting for it to follow the path of, of Luna to the moon. Uh, no. <laughs> you, you just trolling me at this point or what? This guy's <laughs> messing, <know>. <laughs> messing with you. Let's, He's just let's... messing with me. Okay. <laughs> he so he just started dicking around. So Montana, go ahead. Hey, uh, I might lose you. I'm kind of up in the mountains here, but uh, thanks, thanks for uh, taking my taking my question here. Just trying to understand, and maybe you talked about this at the beginning, and I missed it. But uh, Infinity Bot is is it essentially, um, you know, if I'm doing that on KuCoin, essentially if, if I've got it set at one percent, it goes up one percent, it sells one percent, and it it comes. You're you're disconnecting pretty badly, 1%. so let me just tell you. Like, let me just tell people what an infinity bot does. Um, your your voice is like being lost big time here, so I'm, we're not hearing a word you're saying. I, I just like had to mute you because your your mic's not working at all. But let me just tell it like what an infinity bot is. So one of the things you can do, like when you borrow UST, is or if people are like trying to figure out an optimizing strategy, like how to buy um, something. Um, the bot-based strategies tend to be good if a asset goes up relatively slowly, like over a period of like, let's say a year. Um, like for example, an infinity bot would have done a great job on like Bitcoin between like 2000, like, you know, 15 and, you know, through like 2017 as an example, uh, it's kind of like a slow, uh, but highly bullish sort of growth pattern. What an Infinity Bot does, it essentially is extracting USDT along the way. So it's not natively auto compounding necessarily. So if you're really bullish on something, I would generally pick something not that takes profit along the way, but something that auto compounds along the way. So I think a 50-50 rebalancer probably is perfectly good if someone was wanting that outcome. Um, you know, so I, I think that's what I would do as opposed to Infinity Bot, only because it's not um, it's not auto compounding. Now, if you want to have like some yield that comes off of it, so that you can like you know spend it on something else or whatever at some point, then Infinity Bot's fine. And what it's doing is it's selling a little bit along the way, buying the coin back on the way down a little bit, and trying to like optimize for. Um, basically just taking away some of the risk of the volatility by extracting money along the way. That's what an infinity bot does. So, which is pretty good. Like it has a specific function. Um, and the way you set up an infinity bot is like, let's say Luna's price right now is $82, which I think is what it is. And um, I think the lowest that Luna can go is let's say 60. Why do I think it's 60? Because, well, it just was at 60. I feel comfortable with setting the bottom price at 60. Um, what it's going to do is it's going to hold Tether in reserve just in case it goes down to 60. But if the price continues to rise, then it's going to sell a little bit of your position on the way up every 1% or so, and then it's going to buy it back when it dips a little bit. But each time it sells, it's not buying back all of the position. It's basically trying to keep the original position size the same, but it's trying to extract Tether along the way so that you can sort of like mitigate volatility time risk essentially. Um, but it, it, it's sort of de-risking the position a little bit with the infinity bot. The reason why it's called an infinity bot is you don't have to keep like adjusting it for the top. A grid bot is where you have to set a range between like the bottom and the top price range. And that's always dicey because, um, the problem is like, you don't know where that is exactly. And then you end up being very inefficient with a grid bot. If you don't pick a sufficiently narrow range, that's the reason why like an infinity bot makes sense. 
Um, both a grid bot and infinity bot both uh, extract tether. So um, a lot of people turn me more onto the rebalancer bots because if I really want to build the position that I'm like wanting, I want to have all of the capital that I've earned on the arbitrage trades or the volatility trades, as they're called. I want them all to go back into my pool for buying more, let's say, Luna. So if I have a 50-50 Luna rebalancer, you know, let's say I do a 2% um, rebalancer. When Luna's price goes up and it's now uh, like higher value than my USDT position by 2%, it's going to sell half of that. Uh, like it's going to sell that upper 2% that is in profit. And it's going to sell half of that, actually 1% of it, and then sell it to USDT so that the tether pool gets bigger. And now your Luna and tether pool are rebalanced again. But the next dip, you have more tether in the tether pool, so the next buy will actually be bigger each time. So if you did this 20 times in sideways movement, each time the buys are getting bigger as the um, as it does an up and down 1% move. So rebalancers are cool in that they're natively auto-compounding, which is cool. Um, and again, all of these things work better if you're not going to moon next week. So like if you expect that like Luna is going to hit 150 bucks next week, it doesn't make sense to do any of that shit. Just hold your Luna and call it a day because you'll actually, um, you won't make a whole lot extra otherwise if you do it that way. Um, I was looking at some articles on rebalancers and some people have had demonstrated mathematically very good luck with backtesting rebalancers with crypto where like, and KuCoin doesn't do this by the way, but you have some others that um, will, I think Pionex does, but where the, where it rebalances at like 5% or 10%. So it's not like nonstop buying and selling on the way up. You don't miss the big moves because you're, you're only selling every five to 10% upwards and then like rebalancing that. Um, as opposed to like every 2%, which is like, you're just whittling away your possible gains on the way up, unless it's like very volatile. So if you get a lot of sideways chop, those types of rebalancers can be a great way to earn income in your life. Like for example, if I have, I don't know, like pick some coin that goes sideways all the time, um, you know, like a Litecoin or an XRP or some garbage, then, you know, like if it goes sideways forever, then that would be a perfect situation. The problem with the in crypto is things that don't really go sideways forever. Anything that goes sideways long enough just simply goes down. So the problem is, is that like now your assets going down and you'll have to hope that your volatility arbs made you enough money um, to like, uh, you know, solve the problem of the price of the coin going down. So it's like, I don't know. Um, if it almost makes sense to only do these things if you're really, really bullish on something and not expecting sideways action. Um, where you might get great arbitrage would be if mirrored like Apple, for example, right? On mirror protocol. If if someone could create an, uh, a sideways like functioning rebalancer bot between say, for example, I don't know, mirrored Apple and mirrored Google and you just let that sucker run, you'll probably make great money on that. Because if you look at intraday volatility, you know, Apple may go up and down 1% every day and Google may go down 1% or pick maybe two different sectors that just completely random that just go in different directions, but you're comfortable holding that asset and just running it. Sideways action where you don't get extremely bullish impulsive moves, those can make you good money on a um, arbitrage yield type situation. Unfortunately, when you go to like Pionex and... Um, you go to KuCoin, they don't have anything like a mirrored asset that, you know, consistently goes sideways a lot. 
And then, so you don't really get to play that game. Stock market, um, like, uh, sort of volatility are bots, um, where, you know, on big, like, you know, hedge funds and, um, whatnot, those guys, what they do is they basically just leeching off the public's, uh, money by basically like stealing the volatility yield off of all these like stocks for almost no risk. So you, you like a dumbass are putting your money in like the, uh, like, you know, some, you know, random mutual fund buy and hold position on some stock that doesn't go up that much. And then like in the background, people are arbing the shit out of that stuff and just leaching out all the yield. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a funny, um, uh, but sad truth that yeah, they provide liquidity in a sense by doing this, but at the same time, they're just sort of like extracting value out of that market and then buying Lambos or whatever with it. So, um, uh, Cedric, yeah, go ahead. How's it going, man? Good, good. Yeah, so I wanted to talk a little bit about the anchor um, strategy. Um, there was like a – you were involved in the tweet or whatever where the guy was talking about, um, you know, you're better off just like taking the yield. What was he saying? That you're better off like getting the um, staking rewards opposed to, you know, borrowing on anchor because like you had a, uh opportunity cost of not staking. Do you know that? You know what I'm talking about? Um, I didn't hear that conversation. Um, you're talking about between Donku and Lunonomics? No, um, not that. There was someone that was, it was, he was saying pretty much that there's an opportunity cost of not staking your Luna when you like, when sure. you like say people, people that don't like take their, uh, like their loan to like say over 40%, like if they're very like, uh, risk-free on their loan, then they're missing out opportunity. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So Yeah. So what, what they're saying is, let's say you have bonded Luna and you borrow off it. Don't do a 10% LTV because Anchor is taking all of your extra yield and they're just taking it instead of you getting that yield, right? So typically you want to manage your LTV, have it somewhere like in the 30 to 40% range probably for most people. And you don't want to give away the yield off your bonded Luna just to anchor for just for the hell of having a super low LTV. That's what he was saying. I think he was going deeper than so, even saying 10%. Like, I feel like the way I took it, at, and I kind of actually use it to my advantage because he's not, he wasn't completely true. I mean, he wasn't completely correct. If you want to get price exposure to Luna, like, and if Luna had three, two, two or three X's this year, you're better off, you know, taking your. Yes. Time. No, you're right. You're right. Like, for example, if I get have a 10% LTV, what he's saying, what Cedric's saying is if I have a 10% LTV, yeah, I'm giving it my yield, but if I feel really safe about it and I bought a bunch of Luna in a 10x, well, then who gives a shit? That's basically what you're saying, which is true, yes. Um, so if you're not worried about those nuances of yield optimization, then yes, you could just, like, it doesn't matter what your LTV at that point is. Right? And from reading this, I actually developed a different strategy. Me personally, I was staying in, like, the 28 to 30% range because I'm pretty reckless in the, in the case that I um, – borrow UST and then I switch it right to B Luna and then provide it as more collateral. So in a downtrend, like that could get ugly, especially if it went down deep and I'm already at 30%, everything's already collateralized. So what I'm doing now is I took it to like maybe like 42, but all I took past 30, I just leave it in UST and earn. So I'm making like say $8 a day and then I could just manage it on the way down. If it does go down, just feed in the UST, but you should always take more and put it in UST and earn because you could at least make that money. Yeah. So for example, right now, what he's saying is so, yeah, exactly. So right now I've got, uh, so as Luna's price is going up, my LTV has dropped to 42%. So I'm going to sort of borrow here the, um, 
like I'm going to just go ahead and borrow the max amount possible in UST right now. So I'm going to go ahead and hit that. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to do it while we're talking. Cause like I need to do it anyway. <laughs> so, um, what's going to happen is, is if I borrow now, the benefit of that is even if the LTV starts to go, uh, up because I am now, uh, let's say the price of Luna starts to fall. I'm in cash, so I can always pay it back if I want to. But the flip side to that is this is the point where I can borrow the max possible is at the top of my um, when Luna's price at the top, that's when you can borrow the most. So if you manage risk on the way down and you're comfortable with that, this is the time when you can get the max possible leverage out of the system. Um, so you're sort of like, uh, like a bank wouldn't allow you to do this, right? Because a bank would say, okay, like the housing market, you know, you're borrowing off your house, but you know, like the housing market could tank 30% or 20%. We're not going to let you borrow off the full value, you know, of, you know, in other words, we're not going to, we're, we're going to actually pick an LTV that maybe is even lower or something like that. Right. So the, um, whereas in this case, you can do whatever the hell you want, as long as you're comfortable with, dealing with the um ltv management sort of situation um and you but know Sophie, and, you, you put this into the the new amount that you're borrowing you put it into ust and you just let it sit there right yeah like right now what i did is i just took my money out i just threw an anchor earn and like i, I just put a, a ton of money into anchor earn just now by taking it out of my borrow of capability and what we were talking about earlier today was like what could you possibly do with your money and the the the, the basic options are I can create a UST Luna LP, which functions essentially like a, a dip buyer on the way down while earning the yield. And then I could have suffer a mild amount of impermanent loss on the way up. I could just leave it in cash, which is what Danku was saying. And basically, like I could just buy dynamically on the way down as the price drops, which is what I tend to do. Um, and then, or you could just go and like spend your money wherever the hell you want. But the only problem is that Like you want to have enough of your cash available for LTV management. And when you're on, like when you're in Terra and not out of the ecosystem, you don't have the problem of like, you know, rushing to find a way to fix your LTV. So it's a mixture of risk management and max borrow power, both. And, and, and by the way, now that you're talking about that, have you seen the option where you click on withdrawal on your B Luna? There you can see something that says withdrawable amount. That's correct. Okay. Can you comment on exactly how is that withdrawable amount of B Luna calculated? Yes. If you have bonded Luna in your wallet, that withdrawable amount, what he's talking about is if you go to, if you open up your wallet right now, go to anchor bond and you go to the claim section, there is a little thing that says withdraw UST. And that withdraw UST is like any B Luna that's just sitting in your wallet doing nothing. The the bonded Luna is earning Luna yield, right? So that's actually just coming in as UST, and you can claim that direct. Um, so all of it's being converted to UST on Anchor, and then it's basically giving it to you. But but I'm actually speaking about uh, where it says collateral list. Yeah, and you see that there's B ETH and below B Luna. You right? mean the claim in the claim section, right? No, in the in the borrow tab. In the borrow tab, just if you go below to the bottom of the page, you see the yeah. collateral list. But then that's where with, you provide collateral to like, um, to, for B Luna. But then yeah. if you click on withdrawal, your B Luna, let's say you want to, to, to cancel the operation and withdraw up to 45%. So you're able to, if you're not at 45%, I'll let you withdraw yeah. B Luna to take you to 45%. Yeah. So your options are, you could, you could like, let's say my LTV is like, 
let's say 35%. And I'm like, you know, what? I don't need my LTV that low. Then go ahead and withdraw some of your bonded Luna and burn it uh, so that you can do like the arbitrage trade again, for example. That's one of the things you could possibly do with your bonded Luna, um, which, is what, which is what I do a lot of, actually. About a third of my Luna is being burned um, at any given moment because I, I especially wanted to be ready for PRISM protocol to do the refracting and all that shenanigans. So I just kind of had that like ready to go. So I, do I did do exactly what you're talking about. Take out the bonded Luna, uh, go to the burn section, burn it. So I get one-to-one -one Luna again in like 24 days or whatever. And then I can use that fresh Luna to then go refract on Prism and do all that shit. So that's what I was waiting for. So I was sort of planning for that. And if you do withdraw your B Luna like that, if it's just in your wallet, that earns interest and that comes in in UST or how's that work? Yes. If you just leave B Luna in your wallet, you'll get some UST. So like, let's say you're like, Ooh, I need to top my, my UST. Like, cause I need some for fees or something. You just dump it in your wallet for a few days and you'll have UST. Yay. <laughs> so okay, I get pretty it. cool. Yeah, but uh, hey, Evelyn, what's up? Hey, man, I'm just here to learn. I'm just, you know, learning new things soaking about all this. So, yeah, soaking <laughs> it in. That's cool. Do you have a question or anything? I think you had hit the speaker buttons. I didn't know if you wanted to have have a question or something involved, but if you don't, that's okay. Let me get uh, Alex on because uh, some a couple of these guys are waiting for things. And, and guys, by the way, the, the other guy that joined earlier, he's a troll because he was. Uh, in in the other cool. spaces of of rebel DeFi, and he was saying exactly the same shit. Yeah, there's always some fuck nut out there. Yo, real quick, shit. I, I have one more uh, comment to make about the anchor strategy. Yeah. Um. So I see a lot of people on stock twits. Like, what they're doing is like they're taking their LTVs to like, you know, forty five percent, and they're doing like what I was speaking about, where they just use UST, buy more Luna, bond it, provide it as collateral. And I just want to stress, like. If we do go down, like you're going to have to take a lot of hits. You're going to have to, you know, withdraw and then go right back to UST from B Luna, which you take a hit on. So my point is, like, after 30, you should probably keep the rest in UST. Like going past that and keeping it in Luna is is could cause a cascading liquidations and a lot of issues along the way. So. Right. It's always going to be about about being able to manage the LTV on the way down and be able to pay that down in a way that doesn't lose you any Luna and doesn't make you sell low. That's the key. If you're having to like like exit B Luna and like convert it to you know quickly sell it because you're gonna have the negative ARB, you're gonna lose like one or two percent Luna, and then you're gonna like convert it, sell it low, you're losing again, and then you're selling your 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 uh, repaying your loan in UST. You literally are making the worst possible freaking trade you could because not only are you selling low your Luna, but you are arbing in the wrong direction, which causes the, like you lose like some Luna when you like suddenly Terra swap it from B Luna to Luna. So all of that is just a mess of nonsense. So yeah, there's not a great reason to go that aggressive with your borrows and such, which is why I would say like, so right now, like take all the UST that I'm piling up in my anchor earn right now on borrow. I'm not going to use all of that and buy Luna with it on a dip, right? Like, cause I don't know how deep the dip is going to be. I'm staying liquid in UST because if I want to pay off my loan, I could, but on the way down, I can just keep getting more and more and more Luna and then maybe just reprovide it as bonded Luna at the bottoms um, and like try to capture some of those bottoms. And in crypto, like, you know, typically the way trends work is usually if you have like if you if you look at the charts that I have, like and, and the 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 if any of you use TradingView, um uh the the indicator that I recommend is um there's a guy that um actually like created this indicator and his name is uh 
I don't know how you pronounce it. It's like some Norwegian name or something. Bjorgem, B-J-O-R-G-E-M or something like that. Bjorgem's, and he call it he calls it the reverse reversal um, um, indicator. And what you'll notice is is that like on the daily candles, you'll see them in I have them colored blue, gray, and I have them colored in um, yellow. And what you'll notice is is that like on the daily candle, once that thing turns gray the odds that you have a substantial reversal, especially in Luna, is pretty good. It's probably going in the, like from yellow to gray, it's probably gonna turn blue. If you just kind of look at the count, like the charts I posted. On the other hand, um, on the downward trend, if like, if all you ever did was just start buying Luna when that, like my indicator was yellow, you won like literally every single time. Like it almost didn't matter if you got the price perfectly, you won every time. And that's because in crypto, 20% volatility to the downside is pretty normal. Even if you didn't get like the perfect bottom at 30% or 40%, if you start buying at 20, 30, and 40% down from the tops, you're usually doing pretty well. So I think that's by itself a reasonable management strategy. And you can get quite a bit of Luna when you have that much dry powder and borrow available. Where do you normally keep your LTV at on um, Anchor? Um, normally, like if I'm not paying attention, I'll just take my UST and dump it in there and pay off so that like I'm I'm getting like like if I'm going to get on an airplane or something, I'm going to keep that shit at like 30 percent or something. Right. Like it depends on what like how much attention I'm going to be able to pay to it. So I think and it depends you, on what your situation and is. And are you more strategy like price exposure, like maximize the amount of Luna you hold through Anchor or do you prefer to stake? Like which, which side are you on of that argument? Like do you think you should stake all of it or do you think you should bond all of it and borrow for more? Um. Oh, yeah. Well, if I'm going to go ahead and buy Luna on the dips, which is the primary reason I'm like getting the UST and borrowing in the first place, then I'm going to go ahead and buy Luna and bond it and Arbit for the extra 1% and provide it as collateral all simultaneously on those drops. Right. So but keep in mind, I'm not like trying to spend all of my US, UST, right? Like I may only spend like 50% of it. And even then I'm doing it dynamically. So I'm actually buying larger on the way down. So I'm actually, most of the time, my position's in cash, right? Does that make sense? So it's not like I'm just sort of going nuts. Way down. Like, like you, I'm not taking all more. of, a great example. I'm not taking all of my UST right now and just going to buy in Luna with it and then like bonding it and then providing it in Anchor immediately. I'm actually just like, like just converting to UST on the way up, hoping that I have a nice big impulse move and then after a big top happens, then I'm looking at, okay, now I'm going to start looking at downward trajectory, right? Because right now, like, like say, say today, do any of you know if Luna is going to go down to 70 again today or if it's going to go to 100 today? No, nobody knows what the hell is going to happen, right? You don't really know for sure. So you, you plan for both possibilities. And if I have Luna coming out of Burns and I want to sell some of it because we have it goes up a little, I could do so if I wanted to. On the other hand, if we start going down again, I've maximized the total borrow power in UST and I can manage my LTV on the way down just like Lunanomics does. And I can buy more, um, I can buy more Luna on the way down and reprovide it. But I don't have to go crazy doing that, right? I can leave half of the cash in Anchor Earn earning yield. And if only an emergency, I can just go pay off the, like I just pay off the borrow with it. Right. And then if I'm, remember this, if I'm buying my B Luna at the bottom, right, it has the maximum effect on lowering your LTV. Why? Because I'm getting more Luna. If I buy my Luna at the top, I don't have as much LTV lowering power also. 
right? What is your strategy on the way down? Like, how do you deploy your capital? Like, 5% when you drop 5%, like 20%? Yeah, every 5 to 7%, I eyeball it, but every 5 to 7%, I'm doubling my buys. So, first, I wait for a good solid, like, 20% drop. That's when usually those color indicators, like, switch color to yellow. And then there's usually further downside for a number of days, like four or five days. I'll just keep getting, like, more as the time goes on. So if I feel like it's, you know, and there's no way to really like be sure how low it's going to go, right? So I just get bigger and bigger on the way down. And then on the way up, right? Because now my, um, like my LTV is like improving, right? So on the way up, I can just go ahead and get more UST and suck it out of there and then throw it in anchor earn again and do it on the way up too. And then if we have further dips, I can then again, I can go and buy more bonded Luna on the way down if necessary. So there's different tech. There's different ways to look at this, but either way, I'm not like going so crazy and I'm not going to be perfect every time too. Like that's not the point. The point is to be able to sort of get as much loon as possible, as little risk as possible, liquidation, and always have enough cash sitting there to not get liquidated and have to sell Luna low. If you're selling Luna low, either through liquidations or because you have to manage LTV, you're just fucking it up. Don't do that. Right. Like, and clearly a lot of people are getting liquidated because otherwise Kajira wouldn't work. So there's a bunch of idiots basically getting liquidated yeah. either on purpose or something. I don't know what that is all about, but anyway, you know, it's just like you have to use a little math. Lunomics was speaking about a good option that is to use an app, which is called uh, crypto alerting, where you get a call to your phone when Luna drops uh, under whatever amount. So if it drops, yeah, they don't under- service the US either though. So, <laughs> well, you should do whatever, like any, at the end of the day, you should do whatever you feel like you can do while managing like your work and your sleep or whatever. Cause like a constantly trading all day and night is like a whole thing. Right. So like some people can, some people can't. Um, so you want a strategy that will works for you that, um, is not going to cause a lot of sleepless nights. And if you uh, shit, if you just have it sitting in anchor, like it's just sitting in urn, right. You're getting the yield off it. Wonderful. It's very similar to staking yield and uh, no different than if it's on Nexus protocol in that sense. It's ready to go when you need it. And like if let's say you miss it and the dip goes lower, sometimes it's good that you miss it. Sometimes it goes even lower than when you would have bought it. And then you just get lucky and you just buy lower. So, so then when it's, when it's yeah. in earn, it's not locked. Yeah, it's just it's in an anchor earn. It's just sitting there, right? So like you just okay. use your UST at that point and just like deploy it. But do you think the rewards an anchor or is that a US it's an UST, right? It's not I just leave anchor. it in UST on anchor earn. Yeah. So it's but then it comes in as way. UST, it doesn't come in as anchor, right? No, it sits in okay. anchor. Yeah, but I'm getting the anchor. I, I'm getting the anchor tokens too for borrowing. Don't forget that, right? So I'm getting the, that. So I have to use that effectively as well. So anyway, um, let me get Alex real quick because he was waiting a bit here. Go ahead, Alex. You- yeah, just just quickly on this point about not going crazy with buying Luna, bonding Luna, looping Luna, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, because you just become crazy uh, collateralized. If you look at um, Lunomics, I think he might have updated the spreadsheet. I, I was looking at this earlier today. He has a new model in place where he doesn't actually collateralize and borrow against new Luna until it hits a certain price target. So, for instance, if you borrow an anchor, buy some Luna with that, he wouldn't then bond that and collateralize and repeat until Luna hits a certain price target, which might be maybe 1.5 or 2x. I can't remember the exact number. Yeah. But um, that that seems to me like a really sensible strategy. Um, sure, and- like the, the the more the the higher the price of Luna goes, like the more secure your prior uh, borrows become, right? Well, it becomes your Luna, right? After a certain point, because if you're borrowing against borrowed against borrowed, you just right. you you enter in this vicious cycle. Whereas what he's saying is borrow, um, 
and you you've got your borrowed Luna there, and when that hits a certain price target, maybe half of that becomes your actual Luna, and at that point you can then collateralize and borrow against it. To me, that's yeah, and, and sort of my intent to pay this off, like if I'm going to pay this off, is my goal is to sort of 10x a few coins that I have sitting on KuCoin, which I think is fairly feasible actually over the next you know year or two. And if I do that, like it's going to overwhelmingly be more than the amount borrowed otherwise. And um, therefore, I'm going to be able to pay off my um, borrow with coins and I'll pay taxes on that shit. But then I'll pay off the, the Luna loan, the anchor loan with that and not necessarily sell my Luna um, or whatever. So like there's different like that's exactly my strategy as well. There's uh, different things exactly. you could do with like how you're going to like, quote unquote, pay this off or whatever, or just leave it never paid off. I suppose there comes a point where you've made so much money like the the cost to borrow becomes like just who cares this is there is a level of that at some point too so it depends Sefi, i wanted to you might have touched on this i've come to this space a little bit later have you talked about the discussion that went on with danku and lunomics over the impermanent loss pool um, yes, yes a little bit like we, we what's your yeah. take on that if, if, if you can give me the the, the kind of TDR. So if you if you're basically borrowing ust at the top and you want to deploy this UST somehow. That's pretty much been the whole conversation today, more or less. But Sorry, if, if you're using your UST at with, the top. Without wasting your time, I understand the mechanics of it to an extent. I yeah. wanted to hear your take on it. My, but, my conclusion is that it feels like you might be able to get Luna at a discount, but you would ultimately get less Luna. If you were sat on UST right at the bottom of that dip, you would be right. able to buy a hell of a lot more Luna. Yes, what Donku, what Donku was saying was if you could time the dip reasonably well, like if you can, if you can, if you can make your way to the bottom and buy a lot there, right, then that is going to have the a high magnitude effect. Okay, so what? And it also depends, also by the way, on how much extra dry powder you have outside of your borrows and whatnot. If that's all you have. That's one strategy. If you have, if you if you have extra, you may have other strategies. But um, the the way he was saying it is essentially like instead of like entering Luna UST at the top, which the the benefit of being the Luna UST at the top would be is if Luna keeps going up and you're wrong, well, there's a little bit of impermanent loss, yes, but you're at least getting like um, you're getting some of the Luna price action on the way up, right? That's one benefit. And with the um, extra UST, you could buy more Luna. In theory, also, if if it, if it turns out you have a lot of sideways chop, you're going to get the APY yield on the um, on the like uh, the the TerraSwap or whatever. So it, you know the problem is is that like. Depending on what future market conditions do, either one of the solutions might be right or wrong, depending on like what happens. So in this last dip, if I just had my UST waiting and I just simply did exactly what I said is just like borrowed the heck out of it at $100 Luna, I just max borrowed and I left my UST in Anchor, then what I would have been able to do is I would have been able to... Um, like I tend to go with an exponential buying strategy. So I would have gotten to the bottom with the highest amount of money. So I would have just blown away the Luna LP like concept. Like there's no way you would have beat a, a exponential buying strategy. But the thing is, what, what Lunanomics is saying is you don't know exactly how far it's going to drop. So the thing is on an exponential buying strategy, a lot of your capital may get end up being unused. And when you use either like a rebalancer bot or you use uh, like what he was showing, like which is the LP strategy, 
then if it goes up, it's not bad. If it goes sideways, it's not bad. If it goes down, it's not bad because you can use the UST from that to manage your LTV if necessary. And like for most people, it's like an automated auto. It's like buying like, you know, it might be not the perfect buy, but it's pretty damn good. And for most people, it's going to be pretty effective and simple. So I think it really depends on like, I don't think any of them are really wrong, but which one is the best way to do it? There's no way to know unless you know the future. Yeah, That's- I think I think the question is, how good of a trader are you or, or how good how good is your crystal ball type thing? Yeah, um, nobody. I would say nobody's good feels, enough. Yeah, yeah. No, if, I can tell you this if, much: nobody is good enough to be perfect at this every time. So, yeah, sure. so at, in, in retrospect, like you know, with the depth of this particular dip this time, you would have very much done better if you just simply held and bought the bottom if you could tell where it was, right? Um, so it, it really depends now, but at the same time, you don't know, like there's people even now they're like, oh yeah, it'll go to 50 next or whatever. Right. Like, are you going to believe that? Or are you going to believe that it's going to go to 120 next? You don't know for sure. So this, I, there is no such thing as being like some kind of perfect technical trader. And what you want is strategies that work mathematically in any circumstance. Right. And can handle the problems of your LTV and can simultaneously get you fairly decent buys at the bottoms without having liquidation risk. And if you can additionally get, say, for example, like an, an arbitrage gain, like for example, if you can Luna, be Luna Arb an extra 1%, leech a little bit of juice out of it, right? And let's say you could leech a little bit of juice out of the fact that you throw some of that shit in Kujira and like you make a DCA buy on maybe a 4% Kujira bid hits and you got some of that like with that, right? So you're you're ultimately dollar cost averaging in the end anyway. The question is like, what strategy of DCA are you actually doing? And the more times you can get some sort of discount, you're doing better than Joe Blow that's buying it on Coinbase, right? So the reality is, is like we're sort of splitting hairs because a lot of what we're doing, we're kicking everyone's ass anyway, right? Like we're getting way more Luna than Joe on Coinbase who's just buying shit and just watching it go up and down. So the reality is, is that we're winning almost no matter what. Now you're just talking about optimizing the nuances and not wrecking your LTV. So don't get too greedy because like we're already doing really well. So just don't fuck it up basically, right? Like that's basically the bottom line. Yeah, I agree. Um, I would, I would, I mean, history is not necessarily something to go by, but if we look, at the trajectory of sort of Luna last year, the kind of aggressive dips that we've had over the past week or so are few and far between. So again, you know, it's not it's not science, right? But we I don't think we can expect those kind of super aggressive dips that often. So the benefit of being able to sweep the floor on these super aggressive dips, I think it's w- just worth looking at the top. <laughs> like, this think. this is why I keep posting. Like, in other words, if you're trying to determine the depth of a Luna dip, how far can it go? The reason why Kaleo's comment that this ship was going to $10 again is completely asinine is because, like, you won't get to $10 because I'm sitting right here. Like, I would fucking sell all my Apple stock and buy Luna at 10 again if that's what happened. Like, it ain't going to 10 okay? It's not going to 20 It's not doing any of that shit. It's just nonsense. If you're sufficiently rich enough, you can buy enough of this to not make any difference. So, like, the reality is, is, like, I, I usually am on like like five exchanges at one point because if I buy enough, I cause slippage across the entire planet, and I'm just basically p- charging myself more. So yeah, there's no, it's not going to fucking ten dollars. Like he's on drugs. So like, the reason too much here, but there's so many people who have those assumptions, right? Conflicting assumptions. They'll have money <laughs> sat in. They'll, they'll have money sat in Kajira, 
that's not yeah. earning any kind of yield on the assumption there's going to be some crazy aggressive lunar dip. Right. It's like, why do you want? Why do you want lunar? But, you, but you'll notice that, like then. on Kajira, I I I have fun with it, you know, because like by the way, like this is like what I'm playing in in Luna is still kind of play money for me, so I'm not necessarily like. Like I don't have any risk in my mind in this whole shenanigans. Like I could lose all of this and I'd be fine. So like, first off, like don't do anything I do. Okay. So but, like the first thing, like in Kajira, like I kind of posted about this. I had my Kajira bid and when I got a 4% bid, it was like at like maybe $70 or something, right? Like I 68, I think, but I got like a 4% discount. So I think I got my actual, like, I got my Kajira bid in and it averaged in at like $64, which wasn't too far from the bottom. Now, so even though I made a mistake in the price that I bought, the 4% Kajira bid discount helped mitigate the fact that I chose the wrong, like, like I, I, instead of like waiting, right, I stuck it in Kajira hoping that that would give me a better discount than had I bought the bottom, right? The point is you don't have to be right 100% of the time. You just have to be like partially right some of the time and get sufficient discounts along the way that you're beating the rest of the market. Don't get too greedy with this shit, right? So then what happened was like I had more in Kajira, like my 5% bids didn't fill. And I'm like, okay, now what? Then everyone already manages their LTV. The price went even lower to like whatever it was, $64 or something. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm just going to get out of Kajira and just now that's all UST, right? It says dry powder. And I just, I just spent all the rest of it and just bought you at, Luna at the bottom. So that would be an example of where like, you know, you don't, you don't have to necessarily get everything perfect. You just have to be uh, reasonably right enough times to where you are, you know, just sort of stacking Luna to the best of your ability to a large extent. So there's different tactics that you can use. Um, and they don't, again, the key is not to try to be perfect. If you're trying to be perfect every time, like for example, you have to know like, okay, wait a minute, Kujira, like I have my money sitting there. It's not doing anything. I was intending to buy the dip, obviously, because otherwise, why the hell would I have all this money in Kujira? It doesn't hit at whatever discount, like 10% discount or whatever, like you said, unless it's earning AUST, it makes no sense sitting there doing zero, right? Unless you're going to hit that dip. And then at some point you have to ask yourself, wait a minute, maybe I should just extract some of this bid and this should buy some along the way. At which that's point, funny by thing. the way, at which point the actual market price doesn't look so sexy anymore? I've yeah, been right. this so many times. So, so my, so the actual price of the market went down even lower than where my Kajira bid hit, right? And then it went sideways for a while, and then by that time, everyone managed their LTV, and it was too late to sort of like get any cheaper dips, right? So, so you get into these situations where, like, at the end of the day, all you're doing in all these tactics is some form of like. DCA that hopefully is more aggressive and more useful than like, again, Joe on Coinbase who's just buying. That's what you're trying to do. Is you're trying to outperform the rest of the market most of the time. You don't have to be perfect all the time. Yeah, very key thing. Yeah, um, uh, TTLG, you have your hand up. Forgot your name, by the way. Tell me that again. Hey, hey, see if I, Georgi. How, how, like how do you George. spell it? Georgi with two gammas. Oh, George, George okay. with yeah. two gammas. Yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> the Bulgarian George. Hey, thanks. I, uh, I raised my hand because I had uh, some relevant yeah, yeah. questions to the discussion. Hopefully, we'll add a little bit of nuance. Obviously, completely agree with having things liquid and being ready to buy on the dip. Not always was able to execute on that, but I'm talking about a scenario where I have old Luna, right? And I just don't have any more. I have some loan burden and I don't have any more ability to buy new Luna. 
So what do I do with this Luna? And considering the Luna, sorry, go ahead. No, go, go ahead. Uh, considering the Luna UST versus Luna B Luna, and uh, I wanted to hear your perspective because the APR does matter, but in effect, it's a bet on where is the liquidity or, sorry, where is the volume going to be going long term? And because on TerraSwap, you're making money on those from the fees, right? And the Luna UST is an impermanent loss where if the APR is very low, that risk is too high unless you're really entering that on the way down and you're using it as a bot, as we talked well, about. Well, what you might consider just because Prism's coming very soon is you might want to wait for that. Like you may just sort of just sit and wait, do nothing with it for a little while. Something okay. to consider because the way you're doing that. Yeah. Yeah. The Prism refracting and some of the community farming and this and that. And again, I don't know the exact dates and everything. So, you know, and who knows how long they'll delay or whatever. But the, the, that could yeah. be a very good potential opportunity for your Luna. So you might think about that before deciding to do anything with it either way. But yeah, the, um, I, I, you know that you get nine and a half or nine percent or so on like a state or auto compounder or just like straight staking. Um, yeah. It just depends. If you're intending to borrow off of it at some point, obviously you yeah, want to have yeah. it in some like form where you can quickly convert to bonded if the time were to come. Right, so yeah. it really depends yeah, on whether you intend to borrow or not. Like, that's the biggest distinction in terms of what you do. All the other nuances in yield and whatnot. Um, yeah. I, I think like a way to look at it is this too. It, right now, while we're in a rapid growth phase for Luna, your biggest opportunity is to like stack Luna, um, not necessarily worry about the subtleties of the yield unless you can do both simultaneously. So if we can get like stacking methods on Luna X and whatnot, that's going to be awesome. But um, it, the the yield is great and everything. Don't get me wrong. But like it for most people, that's probably not the things they're trying to optimize for at the moment. And uh, so we'll see what kind of games we can play with Y Luna P Luna as well. So. Great, thanks. In that regard, hey Dan, you there? Uh, yeah, I'm here. Hey, um, I had a couple of thoughts on some of the uh, points people brought up uh, throughout the conversation. Uh, one was going back to just the Kujira discussion a few seconds ago. One of the lessons that I learned because I was trying to uh, get multiple bids in two, and I was constantly getting frustrated with the ten minute wait time, and I felt like I was missing out on some opportunities because of that. So I think then if this happens again. I'm just going to go ahead and put in like, take my thing, like divide it, put some of them into the 3%, some into the four, some into the five. And then just when it gets close and I'm watching the chart, activate the one that I think has a chance of getting best filled. Yeah. Well, the more popular uh, Kajira becomes and the, and if they add that AUST deal to it, the thing is like more and more people are going to be like, you know what? I'm just going to want to get this filled. I'm going to pick the three or 4%. Right. And like, because remember, even if you're getting a now, keep in mind also, if you were to just buy Luna spot, you can oftentimes get the Luna B Luna arb of one percent too. And if I don't remember what Kujira's fee and everything comes out to, if it's half a percent or something, but I'm not sure Kujira makes sense unless you're at least at like maybe the three percent discount, perhaps. Uh, but three to four probably is going to become fairly popular, I think. Yeah, and then if you have the Kujira tokens, because I was using that to pay my withdrawal fee as well too, and that basically cut that in half. But sure. Yeah. I did. I, I did pretty I good on that. I was able to uh, get it in like around fifty nine, so th that worked out pretty well for me. 
fortunately, I put a pile of Kajira tokens aside just for the utility function, and like the coin is mooning or something. So like now I can do more. <laughs> I, I can yeah. actually use it. Um, I didn't buy like a bunch of Kajira as an investor. I just sort of like bought it for the utility function and just left it there. Yep. No, I bought it just so that I could withdraw from Kujira as well. Exactly. If it works, it works. Yeah. If it goes up, great. If it doesn't, who gives a shit kind of thing. That's kind of how I looked at it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, speaking of uh, withdrawal, um, they were talking about this in uh, the space earlier today too, but on Anchor Protocol, when it says your withdrawable amount, that is not like the true withdrawable amount. That is the withdrawable amount if you go to 45% LTV, but you can still slide that up to 50% or 60% and you can exceed the amount that it says withdrawable. Like right now for me, I can with, it says withdrawable like 735, but I can slide it up to withdraw 939. So that's just like a safe recommendation because I think someone was asking about that earlier. Oh, I just wanted to clarify on that part. Let me check that again for a second. Um, so let me click uh, withdraw here on mine, see if that works the same way. Um, it does. Yeah, it is. It, I think you're right. It is. It says recommended to keep LTV below maximum. But are you sure that it's going to execute if you try to like proceed? Uh, I was able to hit proceed, and it asked me to sign the transaction. I, I didn't okay. sign it because I don't. I didn't want to do it. But it looks okay, like you can right. technically do it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think with with crypto volatility as it is, like forty to forty five percent LTV, like is not a re unreasonable place to be. Probably, you know, and it depends. Like also, like I said, I usually if I'm going to be on a plane or something, I don't have access to this thing, and I don't want to watch it while I'm sleeping or something. I might lower it. It depends on this your situation. Right. Because right. you know how the you know how those wicks can go. I mean, they can get wicked. So. Oh yeah, the, like, the wicked uh, wicked there. Yeah, the wicked yeah. wicks. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, Kar Karama, you there? Actually, I have one more thing uh, oh, yeah, I wanted ahead. to chat about real quick. Uh, we were also talking about anchor cash flow as well too. So, I've got an echo going on. Yeah, I think there we go. Your mic. Okay, sounds good now. Um, yeah, so we we're talking about when you deposit money when you have B Luna. And if you don't have enough, uh, if your LTV, so like the whole strategy of taking your B Luna, borrowing UST and throwing it into Anchor Earn. So like, there's kind of like two different sides of it, right? There's a side where you're trying to use that to buy more Luna, Luna at some point in the future at a discount. But there's the way that I was initially looking at it up until we just had this discussion today was I was thinking of it as cash flow because at a, at a certain point, if you have Luna sitting, if you borrow Luna, sorry, you borrow UST from your Luna sitting in Anchor, you're earning just a 19.5. So say that you like have a 10% LTV and you're bonded. It's 10% uh, times the Anchor staking rewards, right? So at, it, it doesn't make sense for, from a cash flow perspective to put money into Anchor earn unless your LTV is sufficiently high enough because otherwise you would have gotten more cash flow from just holding and I was, Luna. Yeah, I was thinking about this too. Um, the the other way to look at it is um, does it come out yeah, because there's Nexus too, right? Like you could put it Nexus for the same principle. It's like you basically stick your extra yeah, and Nexus is also because you could go much higher than you could manage as a uh, human. <laughs> Although I don't know if that actually comes out the same way, because when you when you borrow manually, you're also getting the um, like the 
Yeah, you well, it depends. Here's the thing. Let's say your anchor token price is low. It actually may not make sense to necessarily go the route of Nexus because you could actually just get the acquire the anchor token low. And you're basically using part of your leverage essentially to get ank. And then you could either just simple governance stake it or whatever for 15% yield and then let anchor go up and then sell that too. So there's that. So like you're <laughs> yeah. you're whereas uh whereas Nexus is doing more of a pure 45%, you don't you're not doing this extra thing. So it but like the way Lunonomics describes it, the same thing. Like if you have your UST instead of just handing it to Nexus to do that thing. The benefit then is like you could really like more easily you can manage your LTB yourself, run it higher than forty five percent for periods of time if you need to, and then you can buy um, Luna on the dip, um, you know either outright with your UST or do the UST Luna LP kind of strategy that he talks about too. So well, the there's all that I'm excited with it is that right right now it's forty five percent, but they're going to get to the point where they're going higher than that right they're going to be like at like 59 percent at one point and because of the way they have it set up they'll be able to stay at that super high ltv and then yes. i don't know if you saw the tweet uh it was either early today or yesterday where they're talking about instead of like selling everything selling the ink selling the ust for psi they're going to give you the option to like get it back into the terra native tokens like as uh luna and i think it'd be yeah, cool if they yeah. offer ink like ink too yeah, they're going to have, like, for all the bonded assets, be Adam, be Sol, be Luna, they're going to have your ability to just stack those uh, instead of the side token, which makes perfect sense, because, like, that's just, it just makes sense. Like, like but anyway, so that's just, yeah, it's, a, it's among the possible strategies. That's basically, like, uh, using your yield to sort of DCA. Um, and uh, But it's not that much different than just using Stator. The only difference is it ha- your borrow power is available. So... I think the thing is, if you're if you're intending to use your B Luna to borrow, then the, these things make sense. If you're just wanting to leave your shit alone and you're you're just wanting to have a similar yield, just like auto compounding staking works fine. So it just, it really depends on what you're trying to do. But the thing I'm confused about that strategy though that he's speaking about, like let's say you take it to forty five percent, right, and you have it all in UST and earn, and you want to buy on the way down, I guess, to then provide as collateral, it still won't affect your ltv enough to like just continue providing collateral like wouldn't you have to pay back some with your us yes you have you would have to pay back some yes gotcha you're you're actively manage your ltv whether you do the lp strategy or whether you do like just ust hold and then buy the bottom strategy or whatever the hell you're doing you have to manage your ltv on the way down if you max it out on the way up right that's a given yeah, it, like unless there's some system that's developed eventually that like that does it automatically, like Nexus builds an actual automated system to do exactly what we're talking about. Either like, yeah, I think two ways to build the bot, which is going to be Nexus does what Aeronomics um, is talking about, which is basically the UST um, Luna style, like um, LP slash rebalancer philosophy, or which is a sufficiently liquid position. And then Nexus would automate the process of like, selling part of the LP, putting that UST back to to fix the, you know, like the LTV. Um, and there's just sort of multiple steps involved. Or B, a Martingale bot, which essentially is the similar thing. It's taking all the UST and it's basically uh, like buying the dip exponentially. Um, so you don't do all of the LP part of it. All you do is you do essentially a pure Martingale bot, which is 
like literally going to buy the dip because you're basically it's a pro rata bot. And the way you would design that would be like every 1% the price drops, it automatically gets bigger and bigger buys, logarithmically larger. So you're basically like on a logarithmically rising asset, you want to be buying logarithmically down the price. That's just mathematically the most like efficient way where you also will be similarly mostly in a cash position. The difference is, is Nexus or whoever would automate the borrow process for you. So it's like, it's, it's, it's a little bit different uh, conceptually. Um, but yeah, whether Nexus can get to the point where they can push those LTVs to like 55 or 60%, if they can do that, then that's a wholly different situation because either way, if they do that, then what happens is, is then it's going to beat the ability to do it manually one way or the other. And that'd be pretty cool. And you were mentioning Stater. Um, does Stater auto compound? Yeah, but if we do the manual compound on Terra Station, we would be getting the same APY, or does Stater do anything extra? Manually compound? Yeah, Stater is just doing it automatically for you 24-7, or every week, right? Or 24-7. So it's it's going to be better than manual because manual, you have to do a ton of little transactions and deal with all the dust and this and that. So if you're trying to stake, yeah. Stater is definitely the way to go. Plus, remember, the Stato Auto Compounder is buying all, every dip with your yield. So it's a fairly efficient way to stake, really. Whereas if you have to pay attention to that and do it every day, it's going to be a you know, waste of your time, probably. Um, the other way would be like even, like even if you did it manually, let's say you wanted to manage manually and you're like, you know what? Uh, dips are pretty deep with um luna i think i want to manage my like staking manually and then whenever you have enough ust like if you have a larger amount of money and your ust is substantial then when a dip happens then you claim your awards and then you buy your luna with it so you could you might do better manually um but staters pools are basically buying the dip automatically 24 7 essentially dcaing it right so and then not only that but um yeah, the UST portion's fixed. So basically, yeah, the lower the um, price of Luna goes, the more Stater's auto compound buying Luna. What's their APY for Stater? Uh, it's going to be like a half percent different than like manual. So it's probably like nine and a half or something, maybe. You also got the airdrops too. So yeah, you got yeah you get the airdrops of course too. So, uh, but although it really depends on how much you have and how much that's worth to you, obviously, but. It, it adds up. Everything adds up a little bit at a time. Karama, you there? Hey, bro. I've been quiet for a few days now. Um, I've been locked out of Twitter, basically, for cussing uh, Khalil. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got another four days to go. Uh, so any any of my friends who's, who are in here, uh, who's been messaging me, I can't message you back. Uh, yeah, Twitter jail. Just, yeah, exactly. I, I'm in jail right now. So what <laughs> i done was... Um, took um 25k uh ust uh as a collateral and uh i bid it on kujira i did what you did actually put it on five percent uh but i wasn't uh getting anywhere for quite a few hours so i just took it out and then i ended up buying kujira at 90 cents and uh, then sold it at 160 and uh, what I did with the USD, I actually got like a something like sixty-seven percent profit out of that. And um, with half of that, I bought uh, B Luna, and the other half uh, I actually kept it as UST 
um, uh, just to be able to pay, you know, to manage my TVL basically. Uh, and um, added the um, B Luna uh, as a collateral, so I can just stack more Luna in the future, basically. Yeah, and uh, the key thing there is the Luna that you buy at the bottom. You're going to be able to buy the most Luna, obviously, and as it rises, your borrow power is obviously greater. So any way, in theory, one could optimize the amount of Luna bought at the bottom, the better off you are. And what I tend to do is, like, if I have extra capital outside, if I get a really good Luna buy, like, even if my LTV and borrowing power is, like, plus or minus, I'll just add more cash and throw it at Coinbase, whatever, and buy a bunch of wrapped oh. Luna and call it a day. So, yeah. like, I, I'll, I still buy Luna on every dip, even now, and I was there, like, buying it low price. Yeah, same. Oh, I've been buying it. I bought at 60s, I bought at 70s. Um, I'm going to buy it at every level, to be honest. Uh, yeah. Because I know what it's really worth. Uh, I know. Yeah, every just, dip uh, is worth it if yeah. you if you can find the capital. Like I always, I kept on tweeting saying, you know, anything, any like Luna under a thousand dollars, any dip that you get, you buy. And uh, obviously, for now, anyone anyone can say that. But in a few years, we'll you know, we'll, you know, we'll be talking uh, different scenarios and different ways of you know, auto compound and stuff like that. But what I want people to be careful of is, um, I know everyone's talking about fifty percent. 55% uh, TVL. Uh, I've got a few friends who lost around 80,000 Lunas back in May crash. I'll be really careful. Um, it, it will hurt me to lose one Luna, let alone, um, you know. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't play with the high, t I don't yeah. play with the high TVLs. Uh, we're just yeah, talking about how same. Nexus optimizers might be able to do it like accurately. Yeah. I just want people to be careful on that. Just uh, make sure that, um, and some of these um, influencers or whatever, um, they already got their bid set or they, they're short in it or they're long in it or whatever. So uh, don't listen to them. Um, just, uh, you know, don't don't let these people buy a Luna uh, at a really low price than it should be. Uh, right, obviously. Yeah. Don't sell low or whatever. <laughs> that's exactly it. Yeah. All right. But uh, Julian, you there? Yeah, thanks. Um, I I know we've been kind of jumping in between different protocols. I, I wanted to mention the Stator, the Luna X uh, Luna LP. I don't know if anyone's been using that versus uh, the B Luna Luna LP. I had it in there for a while to earn SD tokens, but then what happened was um, when the price of Luna was falling, I actually wanted to, at the bottom of Luna's price, I actually converted uh, my, the Luna in the Luna X pool. I converted that to bonded Luna because I got the ARB and then I borrowed off of it and I bought a whole bunch more Luna at the bottom with that. Um, so I exited that and I'm like, okay, I sacrificed from SD token farming or whatever. But I felt like that would be the more way more lucrative play at that moment. And I just sort of did that. So I'm out of that pool at the moment. Um, but I was earning some of the like rewards from it. The APY on the actual LP is kind of weak though. So I don't like I didn't feel like I was getting a horrendous amount of SD tokens out of this. So I don't know. Um I so at that moment I exited that for that purpose. Um but it was a reasonably liquid position, so I could like, and then I could even, I, I think I even converted the Luna X to B Luna at that moment also uh, at a very, very favorable rate. I think it was close to one to one. And so 
I actually borrowed off of that too. And I got more Luna. So yeah, like, like I said, when, like I go nuclear on the, on the dips, like when, whenever I see that kind of dip 40, you know, 30 to 40%, I'm literally calling every family member I know at that point. Right. But don't you have to so wait like, 21 <laughs> days to exit that? What's that now? Don't you have to wait 21 days to exit that pool? Like I'm in the one and I feel like I'm kind of stuck. No, no. In the pool, you can, the pool, you can exit at any time. You just simply sell your L, close out your LP position by like withdrawing, and there's there's nothing special. About Are you talking that. about the first one where you put it in like the blue chip airdrops? Before no, 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 no. Liquid? We're talking we're talking about the LP. Oh, okay. The second okay. section, yeah, the community farm section. So I'm right. pretty much stuck for 21 days in that pool until it. Yeah, that's just a staking withdrawal. That's a standard staking withdrawal time right now. Yeah, I didn't know if you could pull it out and then like arbit to like be Luna though. No, if you pull that out now too, you're going to lose a lot of your stater tokens too. Don't forget that because yeah, remember, I know. That's a vesting period thing. Um, so, yeah, th that investment is your belief in the long-term, uh, like, progress of Stater as a major multi-chain player in staking games. And what that is, is, like, you're, you're, you're hoping that, like, the SD token does really well over the long run as a result of, the, like, the progress that they make. And they have a pretty good sizable TVL, and they've executed pretty decently um and uh yeah we're gonna do like an ama in the morning about with them and i think they're gonna do some question answer type stuff um that they asked me to do with them so i was like yeah sure but um yeah that's you, the se tokens that's like you're farming it as a like long-term investment at this point it's not necessarily to go in and out of that those pools and play around so and you're also auto compounding luna as well you are yes yeah, which is actually a pretty good chunk of Luna every week. Like it pay, it comes out every week, and um, um, it's it's a it's a good um, it's a good constant sort of uh, um, like income that you could actually withdraw that Luna and sell it if you wanted to. Like you don't you're not locked in where it like auto compounds it, and then you never like see the actual yield. The Luna, the, the the if you don't claim that Luna that's being rewarded there, it's actually auto compounding also. So you can like withdraw it. Um, like it's it's the next time it calculates, it's actually including that Luna as part of your Luna X like pool or whatever. Not Luna X, but your total Luna to calculate your next reward, right? So it's staking that for you, and you can undelegate that too, and just sell that portion if you wanted to, like at some point. So in the future, if you just needed like cash flow of some kind, and you wanted to just like, you know have this like be the way you live off of it you know then you can just uh use the money so um let me see here who else we have aj what's up hey uh, uh quick question um uh, I, I can always count on you to stay on longer than anyone else uh i walk i stepped away about an hour and a half ago to go eat dinner and uh um much no, i shouldn't be surprised that we're you guys are still <laughs> you're still helping everyone out here which is awesome but um the the quick question is is kind of a newbie quick question and i meant to ask when you and lunomics did uh i think a space uh last week i didn't get on in time but so i did my my first bar uh the other couple weeks ago uh with uh I my ETH over and then just you know and Lido and then then uh, bonded that et cetera and I used it on a the anchor UST LP stake that but question in regard to like if I were to take say I have whatever it is two hundred Luna 
And I took a hundred Luna, pounded it, barred against that hundred Luna. If my LTV gets too high for my liking, can I bond the other hundred Luna and add that in as additional collateral in order to bring it down? Uh, yes. Yeah. That's just what we call looping. You can just kind of like reprovide or reproviding. You just reprovide the Luna that you bought. And the only downside is that like, you, if you don't have enough liquid cash and like, you know, there's a massive chunk drop in the market, then you don't have anything that you can like sell to correct for that. Right. So you, you have liquidation risk at that point. So feel confident looping. If you feel like you have a way to manage that LTV, if it drops a lot. Well, we'll, we'll I went in initially, I'd say 25% or nothing crazy. It's getting up over. Yeah. If, now, exactly. If you're, if you're not looping like crazy, you're just doing it like once or something or. Yeah. Whatever. I'm doing it it's, once or, or twice. Ra probably. Rather than adding UST, if I just add more collateral for the time being. Sure. Yeah. Like I it mean, depends on how big your off, position is. Rather than paying off some of it or taking the position out, just adding more collateral. That's, that was my question, I guess. And how yeah, would I do you, that? Yeah, big. If you're if your position's in the gajillions and you like you don't have enough money to pay back this thing, no matter what you do, then that's a different problem. If you right. have money elsewhere, you can just manage your LTV by sending it in. That's certainly an option. So, um, it, it, you, everyone's situation is going to be different as far as that's concerned. Yeah, right. And then when I add that extra collateral, can I just add that directly in, or do I have to with, withdraw everything and then go back in again with the with the total collateral? Do um, you understand what I asked, or not exactly? I mean, you can. Okay, so if I have, if I have a hundred and I borrowed uh, uh, twenty, I mean, if I have two hundred, I I you I bonded a hundred of it. I used the um, uh, twenty five percent of that, right? And then I I then um, it starts getting a little uncomfortable for me. So I take the other hundred that I have and I bond that. Can I just add that hundred in? So I have now, I'm only borrowing uh, uh, twelve and a half percent, or or can or do I have to you, liquid? You can sort of do whatever you, you 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 can do whatever you want. But like the thing is, the the um, the only problem is if if you only have like a tiny LTV. The discussion we had earlier is you're just giving up your yield from your bonded Luna to to the anchor people, basically. So, um, which is fine, I guess. But you're having a super low LTV doesn't necessarily make sense. So um, you're, you're generally better off sort of managing your LTV in that like 30 to 40 percentage range, perhaps, mm -hmm. and not like borrowing so little that it basically is either a, like a meaningless amount of borrow or be like you're well, just giving I mean, up that, the excess. That's, that's what I meant. I'm, I'm sorry. Say I it started, say it started at 45 and I add in another equal amount of b luna into it to drop that in half yeah. for example yeah that should be fine that should be fine a single loop is usually not bad if you're like triple looping it you're probably like using up all your money <laughs> so right okay that's that's how you think and, and you and I, and I know you touched on this a little bit i heard a little bit of it before but you were anticipating some pretty potentially awesome things out of prison in the next few weeks uh, can you give just like a quick over a highlight of what you're your your mic is sort of dying, so I'm gonna drop you here because it's like nobody can actually hear what you're saying, but you basically were talking about prism. Um yeah, we covered it a little bit. There's gonna be 
there's gonna be a lot of interesting like strategies there regarding um uh mainly arbitrage strategies and um i'm gonna and i'm not sure if your mic's gonna work again aj but i i I think I got the gist of your question about using Prism and such. Uh, but basically the uh, Prism um, price differences between Y Luna and P Luna are going to be interesting. The fact that the price of P Luna and Y Luna are going to differ um, by plus or minus, let's say five to 10%. Uh, you know, I would think it's going to have fairly decent intraday volatility versus primary Luna creates some significant bot arbitrage opportunities. Um, we'll have to see what that intraday volatility looks like because that could be represent some amazing, like just simple bots that you can run or um, some of the LP opportunities uh, with uh, Y Luna, P Luna uh, or Prism Y Luna and Prism P Luna. Uh, and th so there's going to be all sorts of like interesting LPs and things that people are going to get involved with. Um, you know, like Lunomics was doing with the UST Luna pool, there could be some interesting um, side effects or like effects of the in the Prism Luna pool or the Prism um, Y Luna, uh, the the Prism P Luna and the Prism Y Luna pool could have interesting dynamics with price diff like when prices go up and down where you might be able to find some interesting arbitrage opportunities there as well. So uh, let me try to get you back on for a second. Cause uh, see if we answer that question, but like a lot of the strategies, like we're still going to be working on them for a while. Like um, I think we have to see all the price action going, going on before we make some decisions about what the actual strategies are. AJ, you, you did I answer the question correctly? more or less, <laughs> but uh, uh, I'm mostly interested in the intraday volatility between Y Luna and P Luna. And the idea that like, I might not care which one is cheaper. I just keep acquiring the one that's cheaper in a constant dollar cost average at any given moment. And then I can sort of arb those back to Luna at some point during. Um... So in other words, the, the price action of the individual coins will give you exposure to Luna but a different price action than just the price movement of Luna itself. This is where like rebal rebalancer bots can just create major amount of money. So maybe even more so than the staking yields and maybe even more so than just the principal yields. Um, we want nutty ass volatility because remember P Luna and Y Luna are probably gonna trade in different directions, which creates for some amazing, um, which creates some amazing rebalancer bot opportunities in terms of, uh, um, like just constant arbitrage yield, meaning what, what the bot will do is if Y Luna's price is lower, it's going to sell P Luna to buy more Y Luna. And if Y Luna's price, um, like as a portion of the portfolio, portfolio goes up and P Luna goes down, it's going to buy more of that. And it's just going to go back and forth, back and forth, and just constantly buying up like cheaper P Luna, cheaper Y Luna over and over and over again until like your stash just, just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And um, it really almost doesn't matter how many people participate in that. You don't actually devastate the arbitrage. Um, so you, it just creates actually more trading volume. Um, so our bots between those two to me are like, could be magical. Um, but it depends also how well do those do compared to like the various LPs and, um, you know, other sort of tactics. But um, even with the fact that Y Luna actually differs in value compared to um, Luna X, 
if uh, in the background stator could actually like liquid stake Luna Y, Y Luna, and could actually liquid stake uh, Luna X, in theory, you'd have an, a, a really, really nice uh, system where both sides are exposed to Luna. You're getting the price arbitrage between the two and create an arb bot between the two as far as like rebalancer. But then on top of that, you're getting all of the Luna yield on Luna X side or the Luna uh, y, the y Luna yield on the Y Luna side. So you're basically just making all of that yield plus all the volatility arb. Um, and it, it really it's going to really depend a lot on what how much volatility we're talking about. But um, uh, you know, if it's wild, if these things are wildly volatile, it could be really really lucrative um, between the move, the, just the price volatility movements, which can be pretty exciting. So we'll we'll have to see. I think we'll once we get the see what the performance looks like, we can see what kind of bots can be built. And um, like, you know, Jimmy and I were talking a little bit and uh, Lunonomics was talking a little bit we were, like about how you could sort of play this game to make really cool shit. Um, Jimmy knows how to make some nice, simple bots and he, that he could release to some to us. And uh, we can sort of like you just have the coins in your wallet and like it just kind of like buys and sells shit in between. Um, it could be pretty cool, but uh, it, it may not be. It may be a problem for people that want to like report all this shit for taxes. That's a wholly different problem. But um from a perspective of like pure yield, um, it could be pretty amazing. Uh, regular guy, you want to hop on for a sec? Or Mas Lunatico? Hey, Cifai, so much uh, education. Thank you. Uh, my question is, what do you do with all the AUST that you get off earn? Is there a strategy you have to use that? Or, or how do you, how do you, do, what do you do with yours? Well, if I just simply want to like, Hold on to that. Well, no, you can use the AUST. For example, you can use it on Mirror Protocol to do some, you know, like you can borrow off of it and such. Uh, other things that have emerged recently are you can provide AUST on Loop Finance. So you could do like an AUST Luna Pool, which sort of like what Lunanomics was doing with like, um, like, using it as sort of like a buying strategy actually uh but while it's sitting there you could earn AUST uh AUST is going to have utility pretty soon in Kujira so you can use that to um like place your bids using it um but for the most part it's just sort of like used just in the anchor earn system right now um right. in the future there's going to be a lot of cool uh things that can be built using AUST um like you know my vision is to have basically like rebalancers with uh, 50, 50 AUST on one side and, um, like, uh, Luna X on the other side. So you're, you're running a bot, but you're both sides are earning yield 24 seven. Uh, so there's, there's some different tricks and tactics that could be done with that. Ultimately, That's are you doing I, anything with yours? I'm not right now. I just usually just use it to buy the dips. I just park it and earn and like, cause I borrow and then park it and earn. And then like, if we get a, a decent dip somewhere, then I'll, I'll, take some out and then just buy some Luna with it and that kind of thing. <laughs> right. That's how I've been using it. But I see this pile of AUST sitting there and I'm like, I got a DJ and I got to do something else with this. Why is it just sitting there? Right. So, well, yeah, it, we, we've been talking about that for weeks as far as like with protocols, with Nexus, with Kujira. Kujira actually executed and decided to follow our advice and sort of like use that AUST for that exact reason. Yeah. The problem is, is anytime you have something sitting in an order, like a limit order, or like you said, uh, just sitting there doing nothing, it'd be nice to be able to use that AUST um, while like it's sitting in, a, in a, like a limit order, for example. So like imagine if you had AUST and you could park a limit order for 
Luna at let's say seventy dollars, you'd be happy with buying Luna at seventy, right? But the whole time it's sitting there, it's doing nothing. So that's the primary problem of going to a traditional exchange, like for example, Coinbase or a, a KuCoin or whatever. While your money's in a limit order, your money's doing nothing there, right? Like on the other hand, they'll have like sections of their protocol, like sections of like KuCoin where you can get like for example, um, UST yield, right? Like or USDT yield, but you can't be in both an order at the same time and getting yield. That's some magic shit we can do on chain that can't be done on centralized exchanges. So that's mm-hmm. going to be really nice ultimately, is to basically be able to use your AUST in order. So while you're waiting for something to fill, you're making money the whole time. And like, and that's one of those things too. Like when you're all like Luna rich and shit, and Luna's you know a million dollars or whatever, and uh, you're just like, I want to find a way to get more Luna. But I don't really want to like risk that much anymore. But you know, if Luna drops twenty percent, I'd be willing to buy some more, right? And so you have your AUST sitting there, and you like have an order in a limit order for like you know maybe some like like lottery play, right? You're just, like because you have all this AUST, it's doing nothing, and you want to like okay, maybe if Luna drops fifty percent, I'll, I'll I'll buy a whole bunch more or something like that. Then you could just park it there in AUST and then like deploy it automatically in a series of limit orders or, or a martingale bot, like what I mentioned before, where sure. like a bot will automatically execute those when you want them. In the meantime, it's just earning a UST yield. So those are the different, like there's a whole lot of utilities that could be built with that. Any, any utility you can think of where UST is otherwise sitting idle would be a possible um, like vector for using that. Thank you very much. Awesome community. Cool. Love it. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Regular guy you there or like, is your speak like, he was kind of i'm not sure if uh he's like afk or something <laughs> like let me remove him because he didn't pop on uh scott you want to ask a question hey Seppi, how you doing good man uh, good long talk i like it uh spend more time with you than i do with <laughs> little, my wife little college little college seminar going here <laughs> i like it the wife's getting jealous though um all right yeah so, that's how it goes if uh, okay, so I'm not I'm not too clear if, if YMP are kind of like an LP. So if the YMP Luna are going to be kind of like a kind of paired to where you need to put an equal amount of P back in in order to uh, convert it back to Luna to either cash out, make some money, or to either acquire or to acquire more Luna. Uh, why Luna moving in opposite directions from P Luna, and you get appreciation of Y because you bought it at a low, and P is moving the other way; it's depreciated or it's decreased. Right. Um, how do you actually make money then? Because don't you need to, wouldn't it, wouldn't you offset whatever gains you made on Y when you go to convert that back? Cause you would need an equal amount of P. That would assume that like the market price doesn't vary, but like if there's a lot of volatility between them, it, it you could get some uh, good deals in a sense, right? Like, so okay. we'll have to, we'll have to really watch that price action. And in particular, see what happens during times of market volatility and gotcha. like different factors. So we, we just don't know yet. Like, you speak what are so people going to really want? <laughs> yeah, like it could be that, like, let's say, for example, you know, Luna's at a thousand bucks and a bunch of people like, you know what, I'm out of here. I need to like, like, I need cash flow. And then they decided, okay, everyone's going to go nuts and go like refract their Luna. And then they sell their P Luna and then they buy a bunch of Y Luna. Uh, P Luna may fall in value at that time. Right. But then, 
um, as the price of Luna falls, you might have people going, whoa, you know, that P Luna price is really ridiculously low. I'm going to get some of that or whatever. And then, so it's, it's going to lead to sort of like automatic, um, ARB opportunities because, um, at the time when everybody else wants Y Luna is probably when you shouldn't get it. You should not get it. <laughs> like it's the time when like you should be do one of two things. Like you would either go straight cash because everybody's going to be wanting Y Luna at that time. And then wait till it like comes to a better value and then use your cash to play it for Y Luna. Or you go, oh, all right, like, look, all these people went to Y Luna. You know what? It's at extreme discount. I'm just going to buy P Luna here. Why not? I'm going to get like triple the exposure or something like that. So there's different uh, tactics. And then when you have Levana with the with the um, 2X Levana and what have you, you'll have some other theoretical opportunities for your P Luna as well. And then we don't know. The other thing is like with Mars Protocol, it's not really clear like what's your what kind of ltv you can borrow off of with p luna also by the way so there's going to be some interesting shit going down with like mars and everything to where and then kinetic money so yeah there's going to be so many strategies in the next few months uh like we're not gonna we're not gonna be able to like figure them all out like <laughs> there's gonna be a lot of great ways to make money that it's just kind of silly i i assume yeah that's that's all good i uh I get it now. Um, and definitely it's going to be a wait and see and, you know, to see how it plays out as well. Um, yeah, it's, it's all about so, the price action and where that, where you can find an opportunity. Like, but you might have weird yeah. situations too, where like P Luna and Y Luna are both too high. Like, like in other words, uh, let's say like, you know, Luna is a hundred dollars, but Y Luna and P Luna for some reason are both $55 for some reason. Then the immediate situation would be, is you would refract your uh, Luna, you would sell all of it at that moment, uh, you sell both your Y Luna and your P Luna, and then you just go and buy Luna again with that money, right? So then you would ARB that. So some, at some level or the other, the price of these things is going to come under control because arbitrage will make them come under control, right? So you'll, you'll have weird times when like you'll want one or the other, and then later when the price of um, one or the other is less or you have the opportunity to convert Luna, like you could refract Luna and get the second half of the puzzle that you need. So, for example, let's say you got a whole bunch of P Luna for super cheap, but then you know you can convert your Luna to Y Luna and P Luna on a one to one basis. Um, then you would have enough Y Luna to actually combine with the P Luna that you got cheaper, convert that shit back to Luna at the time that you want to, right? Like you may not want to have all of your money in refracted. You might want to have some Luna ready to sort of like play this game. And then you have also the 1% arbitrage on B Luna still. So if you don't find a good arbitrage value, you could do that ARB potentially, make the 1% and then come back later and then like sweep the floor with the... Um... So... So yeah, there's there's a lot of power in having regular Luna at that point too, to like get the other side of the coin if you found a good deal on one at some point, right? So this is all like part of the dollar cost averaging strategy at that point. Whatever you can find for the cheapest, you get some of that periodically as a DCA, and then you can like play games with your um, going back and forth whenever you can see a way to make free money. Oh, and it'll be pretty much nonstop because everyone's doing this in different directions. 
So basically, like some people bought wide loon and wild sheep, and you bought pea loon and wild sheep, and other people are like refracting in one direction. Other people are selling in the other direction. There'll be just volatility all over the place. It's just this weird like system that like creates just strange trading volatility, right? Yeah. So it's, and it's, you it, and you try. I'm assuming. I'm assuming that you track pretty closely your uh, your returns over you know the over the long. Other than for the gamification uh-huh. of it, do you? Other than for the gamification of it, do you really feel that uh, the returns outweigh holding an LP against, you know, maintaining your apex asset and then borrowing against it and then using that to go just holding an LP that's doing a hundred, you know, like a mine, uh, a mine UST LP, or maybe pushing it to another chain or or the or the. Or the or Luna USTLP for that matter. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, if the APY is high enough that it's going to like, I would Are say you the market? Like, while we have an ultra, mm-hmm. well, what, uh, wait, wait, what, your question was, oh, what, am I beating the market? Am I, am I breaking up a little? No, oh. what, what, what were you just, saying about the No, market? just are you beating, not, not just you, I mean, just the strategies, these 17 million strategies that I love, because I like the gamification of it. Yeah. Are like, we beating the market? Now, so I'm funny in that I beat the market for every market 100% of the time my entire life. So there's I don't lose ever for any reason whatsoever. Like So my strategies are always picture perfect in the sense that they're mathematically 100%. Unless a stock or a coin literally goes to zero, um, I always figure out how to win. So that's a little bit different uh, thing. Now, when it comes to like, yeah, LP versus like other tactics, what I would say is this. Because Luna is in its extreme growth phase for the next few years, your most likely strategy is to have max Luna exposure gotcha. while stacking Luna. That's why most of the conversations end up being around that. Even compared to other sub Terra tokens, even compared to like, you know, sticking your money in some DAO or something. The reality is, is that like there's very few tokenomics that can beat Luna, which we which is why we sort of perseverate on the Luna game, right? I'm That's where you. we kind of go back and yeah. forth. So that's kind of like, like our time is now kind of a thing. That's like, so that's why we talk more about that. But yeah, so every, could you do uh, other things? So every, yeah, every could you do all sorts leads, of things? Every road leads back to Luna, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Could you do things that are less either risky or like maybe, you know, gravitate towards like, you know, earning the APY yields as opposed to sort of like straight Luna exposure? Yeah, you could do all sorts of like uh, different tactics if, the you are some like concerned because like i am more hyper bullish on luna than i have been in like for almost anything like literally like i I kind of like dig through all these charts and try to find what was better um keep in mind i've been posting this like little charts on bitcoin and stuff for many years on stock twits and this and that like i i've been watching all these different mathematical strategies and kind of like excluding all the ones that like back test poorly so i'm pretty analytical as far as like you know, quantitatively looking to find the methodologies that are essentially flawless as possible um, to optimize my buys to the best of my ability. Um, But uh, right now, like my global intuition is that you should not like, you want to stack the shit out of your Luna. That's all there is to it. Like, I don't know what else to say. Like, (laughs) you can try all sorts of other tactics that don't involve that or suffer from say the impermanent loss of staying in like a Luna UST pool and hope that the APYs like, um, y- you know, cover that. 
But if I was going to be sort of like wanting a position that's maybe 50-50 that I'd rather have it like just traded for me, I might just do a rebalancer bot at that point instead. Uh, because then I don't have any impermanent loss suffering. And then it's it's going to build up both my UST side and it's going to build up my uh, Luna side. Um, but the LPs somewhat do that too, as long as the APYs are super high. If those APYs start to fall, then they won't be as good. And you'll just have suffered the impermanent loss for nothing. So, so yeah, there's a lot of different ways to look at that. And, um, and, uh, so I, once they get the, the kind of the bots that I need built, get built, then that's going to help a lot with maybe increasing the yield compared to what we're getting now so that I can better use the borrowed, like the bar, the borrowed UST and how to best sort of optimize that is mostly the topic of this discussion. If I can get like a Martingale bot on chain where it's like exponentially buying for me and just sort of does that in some automated fashion, then awesome. I'll probably use that. Then we don't have to sit there and mess around with like manually doing orders and all this other stuff. I think all those things will come in due time here. They're not difficult to build. Like they're very doable. I've talked to the guys about different teams about building them. They're coming. Once we have all those things, everything we've talked about should be like push a button, deposit your UST there and like, you know, call it a day. <laughs> it should be nice and easy. Um, to, to like, um, it should be, it should be nice and easy to accomplish these tasks at some point. So yeah, crude to crypto. Yes. Uh, thank you for your time today. Um, looking at the lower level anchor borrow situations. I mean, you were talking earlier about, um, staking your B or collateralizing your B Luna and then taking, uh, that money and put it in anchor to make your 19%. But if your LTV is in like the 30% or so, wouldn't you pretty much make out the same, just keeping your B Luna in wallet and earning UST, uh, rewards? Yeah. If you put your B Luna in your wallet by withdrawing it from your, um, your, uh, bar, your provide position and you just drop it in your wallet. Yeah. You'll make the UST or you could put it in uh, Nexus protocol and they'll do something similar right now because uh, Nexus Protocol's um, yield is like eight and a half to nine percent, and your B Luna yield is also about eight and a half to nine percent. It almost doesn't matter which one you use right now. In the future, far away from now, if Luna's yield drops significantly, then the Nexus Protocol yield, um, because they're optimizing your earn section, is going to be better. But um, I, I think what happened was is that Nexus, Nexus Protocol version one was actually built based on Luna's yield uh, when yield on Luna was like 4 and 5%. And this was going to be a better way to optimize yield. What ended up happening was is when TFL decided to uh, like burn most of the community pool into UST uh, to do the Ozone protocol, and then like our immediate next two years yield for Luna skyrocketed, that changed the value proposition of Nexus uh, version 1 vaults. So... That's partly why, you know, Nexus Vault is not as interesting because the yield is not that different from your bonded Luna yield if you just stick it in your wallet, like you said. So it's, uh, these are just different uh, ways to handle that. Thanks. Uh, so you could you could just keep your bonded Luna there. And then when the dip happens, then collateralize it, take the UST and go from there. Exactly. You Or... Yes, you could collateralize it or you can um, simply provide it if your LTV is low. So whatever you want to do with it at that point. Um, Thank you for your time. Yeah, cool, man. Uh, ben, what's up?
Yes, if I uh, thank thank you for for all of this. Just wanted to to give you guys a heads up. There's there's this person named Humble Trader that is imitating somebody from YouTube that is pretty pretty big, uh, offering offering <laughs> courses and things. So be careful. It's a very clever uh, handle. Just just be careful with that. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. There's there's these people show up all the time for some reason. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, they're they're trying to grab your like seed phrases and shit. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's no fucking tech support that wants your seed phrase online. Okay, guys, <laughs> like, like, obviously, so um, guard those with your life. And that's all there is to it. <laughs> but uh, anybody else or I guess, oh, yeah, San, Sanjeev is here. I had a question, maybe. Let's see. If, let me get you on for a sec. Yeah, we covered quite a bit. Um, go ahead, Sanjeev. Uh, you know, so, for, for you know, I was just listening in on Nexus. So, you know, contrary, you know, the chart looks terrible, right? I mean, it was, I think, 30 cents or something. It, it dropped to 4 cents now, right? So, I mean, I think if the yield difference is what is killing it, you know, do you think, I mean, it's a better time to buy for next two years and maybe, you know, when lunar yield drops, maybe this becomes lucrative? Uh, what are your thoughts? Oh, the token itself? I don't know. I I, I mostly stuck mine in Astroport and I'm just like, I, I was farming the Astroport token with it. And then like, I'll just leave. I was just going to, I locked it for a year or whatever to just farm Astro with it. So I'm not too worried about it because it wasn't that popular of an Astro um, LP farm. Um, plus or minus the value of the actual um, side token. Like I'll probably make it up in the Astro rewards that I'm going to get. So I'm not too, too worried about it. Okay. Because um, that pool was undersubscribed, so like you get more astro in that pool than you do in some of the other ones. <laughs> but that's what I did with it. Okay. But as far as buying more side token, um, yeah, I mean, I, th the team is really competent, by the way. Like they know what they're doing. Um, I I think the they are working on some of the tokenomics issues with it. And if they get rid of the vault where it's like paying you in side token, everyone's selling it for N Luna then I think it would work out better for the side token holder the moment that new protocol change comes out. Because the problem is they're distributing way too much side token right now. And once that goes down, I think it'll be less of a problem. So I would watch for, yeah, maybe you could get some of those at lower prices and then kind of, you know, maybe DCA it, get some and then hold it and then earn the yield from it at least. And then... um like once they get their shit together, like maybe the coin price will go up. <laughs> so, um, again, I was it's, it's your I was thinking, confidence in that team that is what you're investing in. Yeah, I'm, I'm not buying Psyche. You know, the way I'm doing it is I'm buying Anchor because I think after Luna, Anchor is the best protocol. Um, I mean, I may be wrong, but, you know, that's what I think. It's it's one of the hottest one, right? And then because you have Anchor, you get Psy tokens anyways, right? Uh, yeah, right, right. True. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, and what about Anchor? I mean, you know, because the chart for Anchor, you know, because I think B, B atom is coming, B sol is coming. It doesn't react at all, right? I mean, you know. And this no, is, actually, this... the price of Anchor could dip more because if more people are borrowing oh, on Anchor, right, the more rewards are going to be coming off, right? Okay. So there may be more sell pressure in theory. Um, I'm I'm just holding my Anchor rewards that I'm making from borrowing because I'm using them to. Um, like because while ink price is low, I'm just holding my ink tokens, and then you will trade off and probably do something else, right? I mean, probably. 
Yeah, well, I mean, usually what happens with anchor tokens is when the market's down, ink token sort of drops and everyone like swaps their ink tokens for Luna. And mm-hmm. then when Luna goes up, ink sort of goes up because people start hoarding it again. And then what ends up happening is is uh, it like it has a very cyclical behavior. So I'm using it to sort of like lower my cost of borrowing. I just like sell my anchor at the top theoretically, and then just like. Uh, pay off some of my loan with the the anchor awards after they've gone up in value. So it's just basically a leverage position on you're using your leverage essentially by ink at that point. Makes sense. And in how are you reading this uh, 20% yield? Because I think the yield reserves have the dipped, right? They were around 70 million, 73, I think. Yeah. The yield reserve is going to go up when bonded soul and bonded uh, Adam come on. Cause Adam has like a 14% yield. So that thing's going to churn out yield like, you know, pretty quick. So it depends on how many Cosmos users show up, of course. And it's going to depend on how many people show up from Solana um, to borrow as well. So that should make a big difference. Um, All the FUD and worry about like, you know, the yield reserve. TFL will figure that shit out one way or the other. They have like a gajillion billion, you know, like I don't remember how much their Luna is worth, but like 30 some odd billion or something. They will figure something out, I promise. Like, uh, you know, it, on the road to decentralization, it's like a anchor is like a startup. It's a big experiment, anchor. And um, you know, if if they have to raise some funds or do something to sort of like support the yield reserve for a while while they sort out all this shit, they'll figure it out. Um, but yeah, these larger, uh, higher yield assets like Polkadot and such, and Atom, um, these inf- these more hyperinflationary ones will build the yield reserve quicker because then Anchor can sell that reserve, that yield. And that yield is actually paid in kind, like in Atom and Polkadot, not in UST. So we could basically like fuel the Anchor system using other like tokens, inflationary like concepts. So we basically would uh, leech off of Atom and we'd leech off of uh, Polkadot by borrowing over here. So like it could be... um, those higher in hyperinflationary coins will basically really help with fixing. Um, it'll help anchor a lot uh, compared to like the nine percent, you know, eight and a half, nine percent yield of Luna or, you know, Sol. What is Sol's? Um, anyone know what Solana's um, yield is right now? I'm not totally sure, but maybe uh, if someone knows, you can hop up and tell us. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I know about Atom. It's around 14.92 or something, right? Not, yeah, right now, sure. Atom's amazing because I own a lot of Atom. So, like, I'm just, like, soaking in that yield, which is pretty nice. Um, the so, junior what, can go to college. <laughs> <laughs> One last thing, you know, do you have any idea on LFG? I mean, which is what Con no is pumping. I, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure what all that means, but I don't, like, I think it has something to do with uh, I don't Something know if all the talk is related to Bitcoin. Is it do you know? And there was that massive Bitcoin withdrawal from today from Binance. Um, is that us? Like, what is that? You know, because Joe mentioned Bitcoin, and she's like, "Oh, you know, a billion Bitcoin is going to be really important." And like, and Doe t- counter tweeted her saying, "Like, think bigger or something." I'm like, "Uh, like, I don't know what he's talking about, but uh, <laughs> it'll <I'll, laughs> see what comes of it." <laughs> So, Oz, Oz, are you there? Yes, I am here. I'm calling from Australia. How good, you good, man. Shoot, we can hear you fine. Um, yeah. Firstly, firstly, just like um, from a teacher perspective, um, thank you so much for what you're doing in this space. You and a couple of the other guys too, Lunanomics. You guys are just really um, 
providing really good leadership and education for newcomers to the space like myself. So as a teacher, I, I, I'm blown away by what you're doing. So thank you so much. There's so many cool people in this space and I'm just blown away. Like I'm learning so much every day. And so I, I just got a technical question today. For somebody like myself who's new to the technology, um, when I'm connecting Anchor with my Terra station on my phone or whatever, do I need to, once they're connected and I set up my, um, my investment and I set up my strategy, can I then like switch my phone off or switch the computer off? And these two, the protocol from Anchor, it still stays connected with my wallet. Is this, is this, this is just a, like a question on my mind that I've been like, um, yeah, worried it's, about. it's going to use yeah. like a cookie or whatever and like, uh, connect. It's going to keep the connection between the two while your computer or whatever's off. Um, but what will, but it's not like it's staying quote unquote connected. It's just the web hook is basically connected. And when you, um, in order, like it, that protocol is not going to be able to run a transaction against your wallet without your approval. You have to like get their approved cool, cool. and you have to run an approval. So it's not like connected, connected. You're just basically like your web browser was given permission to connect to your wallet. That's it. Um, but any transaction on the blockchain has to be approved by you um, through one of those approval yeah. transactions. Yes. Okay. And this, that, that rule or that concept with the blockchain still applies if somebody's using Anchor Protocol through their phone with their wallet, yeah? Yeah. Wh whether you use Wallet Connect on your phone or whether you use like the like web extension, it's the same principle. Yeah. Yeah. And no uh, do you know, um, um, are many folks out there that are in the Lunar game, are they using Anchor on their phone or am I like, is, is it like rare or is this? Well, back before like March or April, they did, it actually, there wasn't a phone version at the time, which was a real pain in the ass if you had to manage your LTV. Um, finally getting the phone app and wallet connect for Terra was like a true game changer in terms of like people being able to get out of the house, out of the way from their computer and still be able yeah. to look out for this shit. Of course, that made cool. it a 247 problem for people. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> you're always on playing yeah. on your phone and now. So now here we are on Twitter, just fucking around the whole yeah. day. So yeah, but, uh, basically, uh, yeah, it, 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 everyone's, yeah, I think you can use your phone thing pretty confidently. Yeah. Cool. But now yeah, that's just, well, now remember you can only use your hot wallet that way. You like yes. if you are using your ledger at home, it's a slightly different process than yeah. uh because you can't use your ledger on your phone, obviously. So cool. Yeah, thank you. Look, uh yeah, I'll, I won't hold up too much of your time. Other people want to speak, but wow man, you're doing such amazing leadership here, and I just I'm blown away by this whole community. So well, just cool. the right kind of just amazing people everywhere in this community. So thank you so much, man. Have a good day. Yeah, not a problem. Yeah, I'm at like uh, early uh, BTC and um, whatnot. It it actually took quite a long time for people to figure out what the hell is going on. And part of why you see the the price action network growth of uh, Terra as quickly as it is is because not only can is the UX and UI much better nowadays, on and off ramps are much better. But on top of that, like you have killer, um, you actually have killer apps on Terra, which is really, really critical, like where you don't really have to go to other chains, um, you know, things like Anchor Protocol create like true utility out of crypto that you can't find elsewhere, especially if you look at the cost of borrowing on other places like centralized exchanges and whatnot, like you're getting a killer deal right without an anchor. 
And yeah. it's like an, a borrowing opportunity of a lifetime comparatively to what you have to pay normally for, um, yeah. for borrow fees. And so like that has been part of anchor, the anchor feedback loop is a big part of why, um, like people are using Terra and, uh, so using that effectively can be a very good thing. I'm just looking at this from, I mean, I'm a primary school teacher here in Australia. So I'm looking at, I look at everything. I look at every activity and every um, development through the eyes of a learner and a teacher. And I, I can't say enough positive feedback to the Lunar Terra leadership. Um, every, you're providing so many educational tools to, to help new new customers um, engage with the product. And it's as from an investment perspective, from an engagement point of view, it's just amazing. So keep up the good work, man. Yeah, in my line of work, I do a mixture of like, uh, I guess teaching like total amateurs uh, all the way up to like tip of the spear type uh, professionals. So sure, um, I, I do have to speak to a lot of audiences generally. It's kind of what I do. Um, like someone's got to run the world <laughs> like yeah. and, uh, got, so yeah like uh uh both in like medical and other areas um like you know like you know companies call me to you know like you know fix their shit and stuff <laughs> like so yeah, yeah cool. I, I do a lot of different things and i kind of go to all sorts of different agencies and like uh I've spoke you know speak to media and all sorts of folks so like it's a fairly like yeah, the 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 way I engage people and such is not through lack of uh, practice, so to speak. <laughs> I can tell, and, and from one teacher to another, um, power to you, man. Keep going, keep going. Thank you. Oh, thank so you. Much. It's actually much. Thank it you. might be much harder to teach little children than it is to like <laughs> do what I do. <laughs> like, true, true. So, thank you. And, and even like I have a general saying too, like like in 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 my my line of work, it's like um, I can take someone that's like usually really pretty darn good and make them really good. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not your special needs teacher. I wouldn't, I wouldn't last that long in that kind of situation. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a patience game. Yeah. yeah I'm not, a, yeah. I'm not that patient. So yeah, like yeah. I, like usually I, I do well with people that can keep up for the most part, but if, if uh, it, it I, I can dumb it down to an extent, but at, the, at some level it's like, I prefer to stay at a level where, um, you know, I'm, I'm like chatting with people with reasonable technical expertise on these things sure. as opposed to a sure. total newbie. So well, like, I'm, sitting, some... <laughs> I'm sitting here with like, for example, with myself, I'm sitting here with questions in my mind, like that are really basic about connecting anchor and Terra station, but actually the level of conversation about technical aspects of the protocol that you guys are talking about, I'm, I'm getting so much from that as well. Like amazing. So it's just, the, the, the depth of knowledge is wonderful. So thank you all so much. Yeah, no problem. Um, yeah, that was the big thing. Like back in the day, it was like you had a bunch of people come on and uh, like to, to deal with Bitcoin and this and that and really knowing what it was. And that, so that's how I know we're in a super cycle situation, similar to how I dealt with Apple and a bunch of other different like technologies and um through healthcare and other things like there, there is a, there are a lot of hallmark features to a super cycle and it's not just price and whatnot. Um, and it has to do with like developer activity and the type of users that are coming on and the, the like accessibility to normies, so to speak of all of these different things. And, um, it, it, things are going to get easier and easier as time goes on. But the thing is 
once things are really easy, really, really easy 10 years from now, like most of the yields and the growth will be leached out of that and you'll be looking for something else for growth sure. mechanism. So sure. we're, we are in that sort of like extreme growth phase, um, the mo like some of the most potent part of the S curves of a lot of the layer one uh, blockchains and stuff, like I said, and it's a, it's a great time to be alive if you're in, in crypto right now. So like, yeah, hopefully everyone's having not only a tremendous amount of fun, but like generating wealth and figuring out how to keep it. Um, so like on the newbie side, I think the things I think probably the, the quantitative trading aspects, I think even a lot of people who are reasonably have been in crypto for a long time and have either lost a lot of money or whatever. Um, those are the things that like I tend to I try to bring to the table for people that sort of understand the nuances of like crypto already, but maybe don't have a clean philosophy in their mind of like what their buying strategy is or what their um, like, you know, well, really just how to have a very high success rate in terms of like, um, like preserving capital and like, um, uh, that kind of thing. So it, it's, um, that's kind of like why I bring those kind of topics up periodically along the way. Um, yeah, but they're very, very relevant, very universal topics. So thank you. Yeah. Let me get Bernard on for just a second here and then Phil. Hey, thanks a lot. See if I, um, ditto to all the kudos that have been thrown your way. Um, yeah, it's cool. Thanks guys. <laughs> and you know, it's funny and I agree. My, my wife's a, a kindergarten teacher. So yeah, it's, it's a whole different ball of wax with patience with the, the little ones, but I have some questions. Um, specifically, I wanted to follow back up with what Sanjeev was talking about with anchor and just kind of curious. Um, are, do you LP with your anchor or do you strictly just hold on to it and sort of watch the charts and kind of wait for it to go back up? Because I hadn't really thought about as more borrowers come in, you know, the price is going to drop. I, I mean, to your point, I do think it's cyclical. I've been kind of trying to look at the charts. It's super and, cyclical. It's just up and down, right? It's like a sine wave almost. Well, it, it's down now, though, of course. When I jumped in mm -hmm. thinking I was hitting the bottom, it has continued to plunge. And I was in... Um, I was in Spectrum, so at least I was auto compounding, but, you know, Spectrum moved out and everything went to Astroport. So I'm basically still LPing, but, you know, I'm just holding it, right? And Yeah, when the, what I happens get. is when the volatility is down and the borrowing sort of settles, uh, there is an auto buyback. Anchor is like buying Anchor tokens too. So you'll start seeing the price climb after some point once the once the uh, sellers of bank get exhausted. So like you're noticing like now it's starting to trickle up again. Yep. yep. So the last week or so I've been just sort of like holding on my ink tokens, just throwing them in governance or whatever. So that they're earning something while they're sitting. And then, you know, when they go somewhere North of like three fifty or four bucks or something, I'll just sell them again. Maybe um, once there's like a better value accrual mechanism for anchor, you might've wished you might've wished you held on to them possibly. So, but remember right now I'm getting them for my borrowing rewards. Right. So like holding them as a conscious decision that you're making because you're paying for those ink tokens. Cause they're that's otherwise your, your interest rate on your, um, borrow is like 15 or 16 percent right now right so well actually what i did yeah cut you off but what i did i actually borrowed from my um my b luna and basically bought you know half ink and then use the other half ust and just put it into a liquidity pool so i'm also taking my anchor rewards from the borrow position 
And then the rewards from the LP, I just put that into governance as well. But yeah, I was just it's, curious. it's got a high yield on it and anchor does tend to come back up. So you're probably not going to suffer a lot of like uh, impermanent loss or like just value loss. You, the Anchor UST LP has been fine for the most part because it just goes up and down, up and down and it's earning a high yield. Right, and it right. auto compounds pretty nicely, and that kind of thing. So yeah, it, you, you can do that; it's perfectly fine. Um, but like, you could also just simply just get ank from the borrower rewards, and then just pair that with UST instead of like buying ank outright. Right, right. So just different ways to look at it. Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah I appreciate it. So no you yourself, though, have you? Do you typically put it into the pool, or you just hold it? You just take it from the rewards from borrowing and just put it into governance. I have basically just been parking it in governance right now because the so when anchor price is low and everyone's selling and the panic, the people tend to take it out of governance and sell it, right? So that's the exact time when anchor price is low, I hold it and the yield is like crazy high. Like right, right. now it's like 14, 15%, which is crazy. Yep. So then I just run it there because like even if, uh, because 15% is the same as the cost of my cost to like own it in the first place right because that's my the cost to borrow right. so it's actually meeting my uh my loan um like borrow rate right by holding it and then some because when it goes up i can sell it and then like pay off even more of my loan so it actually works out pretty good to just trade it like that gotcha all right cool man thanks a lot yeah Appreciate no problem it. but yeah but like you said like if later when anchor rewards dry up you know years from now or whatever um you know you might wish you held your anchor token that's quite possible like um so i don't know uh if or you hold some to participate in governance long term or whatever um, right so people can do different things with it but um tokenomics wise you know if they do make some changes and fix it you'll probably have a big spike in the price and you'll wish you owned it at that time um buying it after they make a tokenomics fix you're going to end up buying anchor more expensive so that is something to sort of keep in mind so some of the part of the reason why i keep some of my ink just rolling in is just in case the gang uh actually makes a fix soon and then like the ink price moons for no reason other than everyone just suddenly apes into it and right. then like you know i could sell it then if i want to <laughs> so at these prices it looks pretty attractive i think good stuff man all right so, thanks a lot i appreciate it no problem. Phil, you there still? Yeah, yeah. Uh, not to uh, backtrack or get back to the uh, esoteric stuff or whatever, but uh, on the education content, and uh, Bernardo said his wife is a, a kindergarten teacher. He'll probably understand this. I'm sure you do, Sefi. I think reverse learning, if anyone has heard that term, like reverse learning is like a, a really popular learning style now, and it works very well. That's what's going to feel like the next adoption cycle is like, a massive reverse learning cycle because everyone oh my toast is done everyone saw like everyone is seeing bitcoin like occur and they're about to like reverse learn it all at once like i can see it happening with my like really intelligent family members they're like they're going to catch up extremely quickly because they've been seeing it play out and they're now going to like learn it because they've already got the material by reverse learning you're saying like people are hearing like really high level conversations like whoa people are making all sorts of money doing all sorts of shit then they go and learn it backwards because they now realize so like <laughs> Like, well, I guess otherwise, that, there's flipping people... in the classroom is the term I should I, like. Have you heard the term flipping the classroom, like in college? Mm -mm. No. What's what's okay? The... So it's like a it's like a learning style for ADD people nowadays. That's like like it really does work better. It's a it's basically a reverse style of traditional methods, which is like you teach the material, they go home, they study it, they come back, they take a test, 
and now it's more like like they are basically flipping it like you take the test immediately and then you go home and you study what you did and what you got wrong and you learn the material that way so it's kind yeah, of like yeah. a, it's just a, a paradigm shift in the way people learn but it allows like a really rapid catching up essentially instead of like a long slogging like through all the material so you're about yeah, to see if that you're, occur, like, if you're dealing like, with a group of like pretty inquisitive people and certainly uh money makes you pretty inquisitive pretty quickly <laughs> then yeah. uh, it tends to be like this kind of like dialogue works really well where like people come up with different theories they're doing and then you go and like hey wait that sounds interesting let's go see if that works yeah um and you sort of like just experiment your way to it I so i'm seeing my phd fun. like brother do this and he's like like within days you guys will love this he's like starting to obsess over luda and i can see it like like he's like sending me these little like well what about like this is this house taking is done and i'm like oh you're fucked dude <laughs> yeah my, my son was listening to uh you know um we, we like ob on one of the voyager spaces was like hey you know what like they're gonna the debit card uh for uh voyager is gonna pay three percent interest rate um and i'm sorry three percent cash back and um you know and kucoin has like a one percent fee to use your debit card right so he was like yeah why don't we go and like use our voyager debit card and then just like loop that shit and go get get ourselves some usdc on kucoin arb the two percent so my son day. talking huh <laughs> It's going to be great. They're going to come in and like, like rock our worlds. And we're going to be like, holy shit, you guys are geniuses. I forgot. And then like, <laughs> after thinking about that, I'm like, oh, that's why Coinbase has only like a 2,500 at a time like transaction or something like that on their debit card. Because people are out of the mouth of the babes, right? They're going to take that. They're going to take that 4% APY, like, or 4% cash back yield, and they're going to go buy something that on some, you know, like KuCoin, you're going to go buy like you're going to pay the one percent fee. You're going to go get yourself USDC on it. You're going to send that shit back to Coinbase. Coinbase doesn't charge you much for like USD trend, USDC transactions, and then you take that USDC and it loads up your Coinbase card again immediately, right? So like you could just go and do the same thing again and like do it over and over again and make like you know, and the cycle continues and we learn from the new participants. Yeah. So like if he's like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to be in my dorm and I'm going to like pay my rent with this shit, and I'm like, really? You're gonna sit there and loop your Coinbase to KuCoin and like keep arbing two percent for your freaking. <laughs> Don't count them out yet, man. Don't count them out yet. <laughs> exactly. You start getting creative pretty quickly on those things when it comes to money. It's funny. <laughs> so yeah, there's yeah that would actually work for small amounts of money, I suppose, as long as the like different trading fees or whatever don't add up. But we'll have to see how that works. <laughs> But um, anyway, um, actually, I was going to let you guys go. I'm going to go catch some dinner. I haven't. Uh, we spent the whole afternoon hanging out here. <laughs> so uh, as usual, it's been fun. And uh, uh, hopefully, like, well, what is Luna's price right now? We're at uh, 81 bucks. Um, I don't know. Is uh, So here's a classic scenario. Is it going to uh, drop again or you can't not? leave. You're going to dump it, dude. <laughs> so I, I so what I did on so what I did on um uh Coinbase was when the price was down as low as like sixty-three, I went and actually bought wrapped Luna on there and I just sort of like like got a bunch right there. And then I just put a um what did I do? I, I put a limit order to actually um sell it at like around um what was it like maybe like it was 70 something anyway and then it 
dropped again. I bought it back. And then I put a limit order to have it sell at 81. And then I put an order already to buy it back. So basically, because Rap Luna and Luna are named differently, I figured I could just get away with having a small trading portfolio. And then once I'm done loop, I'm back and forth arbing this volatility, then what I'll do is, and I've already ahead, so like I've already arbed any more gains I get is fine. But then I'll just send it to um, Terra. I'll, I'll find a time to arb that extra 1% bonded. And then, um, like, then I can borrow more UST off it and play games with it. So I was kind of like uh, doing a little bit of trading on it only because um, kind of why not? It was sort of like, so you, you want to like, you might as well take advantage a little bit of the volatility, even if it's not your whole position, it's perfectly fine. <laughs> so, <laughs> so just kind of like stacking a little bit of it to um, optimize a little. So we'll see how it goes. Anyway, um, but yeah, like I'm, I'm not sure what the price will do or anything. But typically, the intraday candles for Luna easily move five, six percent. So like, you could just sort of gamble a little bit, and, and after any big move, and you look at the size of the candles, um, you'll usually have some little pullbacks. And I don't get too greedy on the buyback. Like I'll just buy it back at like seventy-seven, for example. So, you know, even that four, $4 uh, difference makes a pretty sizable difference if you do it a few times. And then I'll send it to my wallet and I'll stop trading it at that point and just arbit. That's kind of how I play with it. <laughs> or I'll just stake it for yield forever on Stater or something. Um, so every single dip, I just do this. I'll just go up and down, let play the volatility. Because remember, when it's volatile is when you're able to make some kind of like, you know, traded ARBs on the 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 not the ARBs, but the, the volatility arbitrage is available when you have that high volatility time. And that's usually after a big dump and you can kind of get a lot of movement and then counter trade it to, to, to optimize that a little bit better. So that's what I'm saying. You don't have to be perfect at the bottom to buy it. You can, you can kind of like play this game a little bit, even if I have money that I can't spend on Luna right now, like I just empty the bank account at, at, at the bottoms. I'll do that sometimes just to kind of ride it up and sell some and then like, uh, like buy it back and do that a few times. And then I'll, if I need to send some back to my bank account, I will. <laughs> so anyway, guys, um, it's been fun. We'll catch up later. Thanks for checking out another episode of the ether. That was part two of the two part CFI space anchor borrow strategies for Luna acquisition. This episode of the ether was brought to you by orbital command, a community validator on Terra dedicated to educating, expanding and promoting the lunatic community. Take advantage of their Terra Luna Intel report on Telegram, which brings you the hottest news and updates on all things Terra every day. Use the link in the show notes to find it. For more information on Orbital Command, visit orbitalcommand.io. TerraSpaces appreciates their support. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Sneaking through back alleys on a little cosplay Broadway all day, looking like the wrong way Resuscitating major players in the waiting room Sifting through the paperwork while I be debating fools Breaking rules, breaking bad, like we always wait for doom Slayed a few in my early years, often hit the shroom Sitting in the dark, waiting for the daily news To let us know what we should believe as the latest truth Stay aloof, writing rhymes in the studio Trying to keep it well lit like filming a movie role Sorting through support from your endorsements Of course we're tripping balls, handed reports in the latest proof ain't a way to move, change the view Just a bunch of pack of heads living in a chicken coop Picking at the dinner, finger licking like the plate is good So kick it for a minute then show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two
Show me what that thing could do. Two plus two. Show me what that thing could do. Two plus two. Big thinking energy always gets the best of me when I kick it in the lab, messing with new recipes. Gotta mix and match, flip the latch, let your rhythm scratch. Oh shit, spitting facts with my vision smashed. Big drip aristocrats, dishing out a list of trash. Missing wisdom, this fish is too big to catch. Better let the missus know where you hit the stash. Watch your next step, bro, before you hit the traps. Walking on eggshells, tripping over landmines. And I'm about done dealing with these damn lies. Man, I'm looking at this planet like a franchise. Chastising to digging holes in the back nine. The latest proof ain't a way to move. Change the view. Just a bunch of peck heads living in a chicken coop. Picking at the dinner finger, licking like the plate is good. So kick it for a minute, then show me what that thing could do. Two plus two. Show me what that thing could do. Two plus two. Show me what that thing could do. Two plus two. Show me what that thing could do. Two plus two. Ten spaces.